it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, PW Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Five years ago, Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Pat McNeil joined me on the SmackDown Post Show. And we're also joined by live callers and an on-site correspondent and... We talked about the follow-up to Backlash and the pivot to Money in the Bank, including Jinder Mahal's celebration. The six competitors entered in the Money in the Bank match with Shane McMahon. Shinsuke Nakamura's in-ring WWE main roster TV debut. And uh, as noted, callers throughout, including on-site reports in attendance at the event. So this live-streamed on May 23rd, 2017, five years ago this week. Then, we've got a bonus episode, which is... From the previous day, it is the post-impact livecast with Mike McMahon and Andrew Socek, currently of the 
elite podcast on the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. And they analyzed the TV show that week with live callers, including a lengthy discussion on Ed Nordholm releasing portions of Matt Hardy's contract earlier this week to the public. Let's talk about EC3 as a number one contender, the return of Scott Steiner, mid-50s Scott Steiner, and more. So uh, fun doubleheader here, jumping back five years to some SmackDown and Impact Wrestling talk. First up, Pat McNeil joins me, and then the familiar voices of Mike McMahon and Andrew Sochak. But before we get to that, an announcement that we are running our first VIP sale of 2022. Our last sale we announced at the end of November last year, we are now running another sale. $8 off a VIP monthly subscription. So what is normally $9.99 becomes $1.99. You can apply that $8 discount with our coupon code to a three-month or one-year subscription also. So no matter what plan you choose, you get an $8 savings for a limited time. The way to get this sale is by signing up through our VIP website at pwtorch.com slash govip. That page tells you about all the VIP benefits, including a 30-plus-year library of podcasts, retro radio shows, and back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter with an amazing library of insider interviews, transcripts, and audio of some of Pro Wrestling's biggest names the last 30-plus years. Uh, that also includes... Ad-free access to shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, also the PW Torch Daily Casts, and it includes access to our signature shows like Everything with Rich and Wade, which dropped yesterday, and The Fix with Todd Martin that I host every Thursday. And also, last but not least, actually not last, but um, our pay-per-view our post-pay-per-view roundtables, which will include this Sunday night after AEW Double or Nothing. You also get access to our pay-per-view roundtables on demand dating back to when we started doing them back in 2003. So if you haven't tried VIP before or you're back in the game, you want to get back in the game and gain access to everything that we do throughout the week for our VIP members, go to pwtorch.com govip and enter a coupon code SUMMER22. That's SUMMER22. And you'll get an $8 discount off a one-month, three-month, or one-year VIP membership. We'd love to have you back. We'd love to have you try us for the first time. And if you do, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. Coupon code SUMMER22. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wade Keller, host of the program and editor of the Pro Wrestling Torch weekly newsletter, published since 1987, covering the inner workings and worldwide happenings of professional wrestling on a weekly basis for well over 1,500 weeks. And you can go VIP and access almost all of those issues, over 1,500 of them, when you go VIP for just $1. That's right. If you missed it yesterday, we announced a special VIP sale going on this week. And it is your chance for just $1 to go VIP. And that coupon code that you want to use when you go to pwtorch.com slash go VIP. The coupon code that you want to use is dollar may D O L L A R M A Y. Dollar May, and that gets you in the door for a dollar in the month of May. Although you get a full month of VIP membership just for that dollar. So you can kick the tires on all the features for the next 30 days. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. When you get to the end of the sign-up form, enter in the promo code box, dollar May, one word, no spaces, D-O-L-L-A-R-M-A-Y, All one word, $9 off a one-month sub. You can also apply that $9 discount to a three-month or one-year sub if you prefer, if you want to dive right back in. You can get full details at pwtorch.com. Also, we have an alert on the main page in the news section. It's just a few articles down, and we'll keep moving it to the top here throughout the week. So uh, check that out. We'd love to have you as a member and have you get a sample of what we do and what comes with a VIP membership. Over a dozen VIP-exclusive audio shows throughout the week, including the new WWE Future Past show hosted by Sean Radican. It debuted this Sunday. Sean Radican and longtime VIP contributor Mike Rowe discussed three wrestlers, one on the WWE roster who traveled through the indie scene, Kevin Owens, and two wrestlers still on the indie scene who may someday make it to the main roster, Jay White, who made quite an impression a week and a half ago at ROH War of the Worlds, And they also analyzed and talked about the path of Kyle O'Reilly so far. And they're going to do that on a regular basis, a weekly basis, just uh, perhaps, with the new show, taking two wrestlers who are on the indie scene, but they deem prospects, and talk about their pros and cons, their strengths, their weaknesses, what they have to do to catch Vince McMahon's eye and how they might do on the main roster, and highlights of their career so far, so that you're ahead of the curve on who might be signed next to NXT. And then they also fill you in. On the background, Sean has followed all of these wrestlers from the starts of their careers, watched so many of their matches on their path to, uh, to prominence, either on the indie scene or all the way to WWE, in the case of Kevin Owens, and seen their careers and followed them closely from the beginning. And it's a uh, good education, and it helps you stay ahead of the curve on who is next in the pipeline. That's just one of many, many, many VIP features. Check out details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP coupon code dollar may 
I'm joined today to talk SmackDown with longtime 15-plus-year Torch columnist Pat McNeil. Pat, welcome back to the Livecast. Thank you, Wade. Uh, hello, you people. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, yes, we are following the developing story of the uh, of the uh, Brian Kendrick Akira Tozawa street fight that's uh, going to take place on 205 Live. Yes, so. we are live watching 205 Live as we host this program, and we invite you to uh, check check on in with a phone call. Uh, we can talk about tonight's episode. The uh, phone number, if you want to give us a call, is 515-605-9345. That's 515 515- 605-9345. We've got a number of people on hold already, and we certainly invite you to join them. Uh, Pat, um, first question to you. Uh, what did you think of the debut of Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown? He was in the main event, teaming with AJ Styles, victorious over Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler when Nakamura hit his Kinshasa kick on Owens and scored a clean three count. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, clearly that makes him the number one contender for the uh, WWE United States title. Uh, I mean, it, it was an okay match, and I thought the, the crowd seemed to like Nakamura, but he's not getting he's not getting the rock star reaction. And they made it very clear tonight that they wanted him to get the rock star reaction by calling him a rock star about 300 times. Yes, and uh, what would you have done differently with with Nakamura's push, Pat? I don't. I don't know. Um, it's. It's, it's tricky because you know the people who are interested in Nakamura, who have the network, are going to go back and maybe watch Nakamura against Sami Zayn, like his like like the debut match from from him on NXT, and are going to watch this this match tonight, and they're going to be like, eh, what, what happened here? So what would you do? Different, I mean, though? I mean not, what? What? It's a big discussion. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean they have options. They could have had Nakamura win some squash matches. And had him yes. dominate and win in dominant fashion on SmackDown against lower card wrestlers, you know, like Kurt Hawkins or Jinder Mahal. Oh, wait. Oh, sure. yeah, that's no, right. Wait, it's, can't it's, do that anymore. it's May 2017, not, not March 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, so they could have him score some decisive wins over mid-card and lower-card guys and work, you know, just kind of work his way up and show him off. I kind of like that. Um, they... Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it's not like they haven't tried. You know, they've put him in music videos. They uh, made a big deal out of his pay-per-view debut. But Sunday, I thought it started to unravel a little bit. I'm still holding out hope that Nakamura is, is bulletproof. But on Sunday, he had a kind of a back-and-forth 15-minute match with Dolph Ziggler, who does not have a good win-loss record. And I don't think having a nice three-plus star match is more important than establishing Nakamura is something special. But I would say, Pat, what they did... Tonight and Sunday, Vince McMahon thinks Nakamura's a good guy to have in the mix. And that's where he oh, wants him, yeah. and that's where he's going to put him. He's certainly not a mid-carder. He's in the main event mix, but he's not a top special attraction. He's going to have to earn that and kind of pull away from the crowd through his performances in connection with the crowd. And I think Vince is going to make him earn it, even if he gets in his way a little bit along the way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what's happening. But yeah, I, I think he would have benefited from from winning some squash matches, getting people, you know, getting people into his style and his moves and his entrance. And uh, and, and I mean, the debut against Dolph Ziggler. I I know that I wrote that you know Ziggler needs to get you know Ziggler Ziggler needs to look good in this match. Ziggler is a former world champion, but you know Ziggler got the majority of the offense in that match. And I'm I that's 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 tough uh, when when you know that's that's tough to make somebody believe that you're a man 
main event guy when you're fighting when you're fighting 50-50 with Dolph Ziggler. Yes. We, uh, I ran a poll on Twitter on our at PW Torch account. Follow us there if you haven't already, at PW Torch. And I asked, how do you feel about Jinder Mahal having the championship title? Got uh, 449 votes in as I read this. 16%, Pat, are very against it. 14%, mm-hmm. 14% are somewhat against it. 35% yeah. somewhat in favor. And 35% very in favor for a grand total of 70% thumbs up, 30% thumbs down. Are you surprised by that poll based on anecdotal reaction so far? I am I am a little surprised. I I, I think that uh, I mean I I think you know people. It's not that people dislike Jinder Mahal or think he's a bad wrestler. It's just that this this came from out of nowhere with him getting the push and then winning the title. He had about six weeks to six weeks to build him up. Uh, maybe less than six weeks. And as uh, somebody pointed out to me today, but I'm going to steal it. Uh, Jinder Mahal is probably the first WWE champion guy to win the WWE title without even having a T-shirt in the uh, in the uh, WWE shop. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I think the the, yeah. re- the reaction. I think some people think the criticism of Jinder Mahal in the top spot is is for uh, the, the criticism is disqualifying him from ever being a top guy. Like, oh, he's not a top guy. He can't be. No. I, I just think some of the criticism is he didn't show that he could be before he got that chance. And there is a feeling justified that he's getting this push because WWE wants to make inroads in the the, the India market. And so he got kind of a, a head start that way, and that played into it. And also just criticism of the booking, that there wasn't enough of a foundation built in a sports-like way that he was, uh, that he was on, a, on, a, on a hot streak to changing people's perceptions of who he was, and that WWE just didn't tell a particularly good story in that regard. And, I mean, I don't think that's particularly deniable, is it, Pat, that they could have done a better job? No, I mean... It- the, the analogy would be if CM Punk suddenly got a shot at the UFC welterweight title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's very, very out of nowhere. Um, and I, I think, you know, I mean, I think if, uh, if it, you know, this month if, if, if Zinder had beaten Sami Zayn on Sunday and then he went into Money in the Bank and won Money in the Bank and then, and then captured the title, I think people, you know, I think people might see it coming. But, yeah, I, I got the impression that WWE was concerned about the Indian market by the subtle references JBL kept making to it uh, during uh, Jinder Mahal's uh, ceremony. Yes, <laughs> very much so. All right, well, we got a ton of people on hold, so uh, thank you, everybody, for calling. We'll start getting to your calls uh, momentarily here. If you want to email us, too, we might get to some emails. If you can't uh, call into the show but you're listening live, feel free, as always, to email us either before or during the show. And that email address is pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. Um, we did get an email from... Um, uh, Greg in Michigan, who was at SmackDown, he said, couple notes, the crowd ate up Fandango and Breeze and their matches, lots of Fandango dancing. A surprising mm-hmm. level of heat for Jinder Mahal, more than I expected, good sign for him. The crowd loved Nakamura, but, and I quote, still way, 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 way too much selling by him. The mystique is going away. Uh, the crowd loved the Eric Cartman reference from Kevin Owens, or aimed at Kevin Owens by Styles. It started a You Killed Kenny chant. <laughs> KO is amazing to watch live. Eggs the crowd on. Perfect heel. 
the dark match is going to be Jinder versus Orton. That's all he's got. Love, the, love what you guys do, Greg from Michigan. Greg, thanks for sending that in. Uh, we always encourage people who are attending Raw or SmackDown to email us ahead of time or during the show. Let us know what happened. You're certainly also invited to call the show, but you can also just email us details of what happened and your thoughts as Greg just did. We're going to go to our first break. When we come back, it's going to be calls, and we've got a lot of you on hold, and we'll get to as many of you as we can in today's program. So hold tight, and uh, we'll continue the conversation on tonight's SmackDown. Some good talking points, including the Money in the Bank announcement, which we haven't gotten to yet. Six competitors announced for that, and a big women's elimination match next week. And so we'll uh, catch you up on that if you missed it after the break, along with phone calls. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to take your calls now. Uh, Pat McNeil, Pro Wrestling Torch columnist for 15 plus years 
is uh, with me on today's show as co-host. Let's uh, let's go first to Jason in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, Jason, thanks for calling today tonight. What's on your mind? Hey, Wade. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. Um, I was actually at Raw last night, oh, and uh, I, I don't know if it just a couple minutes. I tried calling, but uh, leaving with traffic and everything was just too much to drive and yeah, safety. And, and hang on. So I did listen to to the post show um, today, and uh, so I, I just was going to give you a little feedback. I don't know if I didn't hear it that anyone was at the show, and um, I don't know. I, I watched a little bit of on TV. Um, I was sitting left of the ramp, um, and I had friends. You know, they could see me on TV. I was about three rows up, and. Uh, the whole opposite upper level was empty, um, and before we even went in, they were calling for seat fillers. Oh. Um, yeah, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't a sold out um, sold out show at all. But it was an entertaining show. It was a good mix of people. Um, it, it, in the dark match, and I apologize for blanking, but I don't know if they're doing a TJ Perkins heel turn. Um, but he did a lot of really heelish stuff. Um, he was, he opened, um, in the dark segment and I don't know what they're doing with him, but it came off really cocky. And, um, so just I kind of watch for that. Uh, some of the highlights that I thought, I'm sorry. Never mind. Continue. Okay, so some of the other highlights of the night. My my favorite, uh, like the biggest pops of the night were uh, Miz. Um, when he ran in, Balor for sure, uh, and the Paul Heyman segment, um, the crowd really reacted to that. Um, and then the other, the other fun thing, I don't know if it could be heard. Um, there was a chant going on. Uh, Roman wears a romper. I don't know if the TV picked it up, but and I, I it was so. awesome. <laughs> it was absolutely. I mean, I was in tears laughing, and some of the the fans are some of the Roman fans were not appreciative of it. Um, you could see the steam coming out of their ears, um, and I really, really that that is better than Cena sucks. I mean, it was it, it's the it was the funniest chance I've heard in a long time. So I'm, I'm hoping that really sticks. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was just kind of some of the highlights that I saw from it. Um, and then I, I will say this, I'm not a huge Roman fan, but after the show, the people I was with they're they, uh, they're not big wrestling fans. They went with me to kind of see what I'm into and, um, rain stayed after and did a couple laps and shook hands and, uh, was actually really, um, appreciative and kind of what, what you've talked about in the past, you know, if, if he's going to go one direction, um, but, you know, my friends were impressed, like, wow, what a classy move. What a good guy. But he still comes off like the guy that's going to try to steal your girlfriend. Um, if the cameras would have caught what he did after the show, it was very John Cena make a wish. And, uh, you know, if they want him to, to be baby, that, then that's the way to go, I think. I mean, it, it was actually a really cool moment. But, you know, that, that was 15 minutes after the show was over. So. It, yeah, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I think we're all still uh, rattled by the uh, Roman wears a romper uh, chant, and if, if imagining if that catches on, how how Roman's going to handle things. Like, mm. you know, Roman says that booze don't bother him. You know, his wife still loves him when he goes home after after a road trip, and you know he's got thick skin and he can handle it. But you know, I, I think that's ni- nice to say. But when you think you're the coolest guy. 
uh, you know, to ever walk the planet, and you've always been kind of the leader and in the cool group, and now you're you're being pushed as a top star, and all these fans are rejecting you, the you know, 20, 30 something males. You know, it, it rattles you a little bit. I, I think the romper thing could put him over the top. He, Pat, we might not need Vince McMahon to greenlight a heel turn. Roman might just snap if that chant catches on and turn heel all on his own. So <laughs> that's to look forward to. Well, that, it that could help even, his merchandise sales. Yeah, that wasn't even my first thought, Wade. And, and uh, my first thought is, you know, WWE shop, Roman Reigns rompers. Uh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, all right. Um not quite sure where to go with this. So, um, excellent. Um, yeah, Jason, any, anything else you want to add, either from the Rock Spirits last night or if you watched SmackDown tonight? I, I haven't had a chance to catch SmackDown tonight. I just got actually just got in from work. It was a long day because I took yesterday off to go to the show. I just had a lot of stuff going on, but uh, um, it was a good event and it was it was really fun to, to have kind of newbies there and see their their experience. And uh, um, the the one last thing I'll say is. Uh, uh, one of the guys who used to watch the programming and, and saw it now was just uh, blown away by Bray Wyatt and, and kind of the character development that he has. And uh, that was the one that really caught his eye. So it was kind of, it was neat to have people that uh, don't watch a product every day and get their input. Cause um, you know, I, I, sometimes I'm desensitized to it, I think. So to right. see, you know, some with fresh eyes, it was, it was kind of neat to hear, hear their take on it. So um, and I, I agree with that. I, I think Brazen, you know, he does an awesome job when they let him just do his thing. Anything besides Bray that stood oh. out to the new to the newbies or the returning uh, fans who had watched regularly? Um, the spectacle of it, they were impressed with that. Like, holy smokes, it wasn't like this when I came here. You know, even 15 years ago. Um, uh, surprised at the Hardys and uh, Goldust. Um, the, the one guy actually said, he goes. Hey, that's a ripoff of a character from a long time ago. I go, you mean oh, Goldust? No. <laughs> and and uh, that's great. So yeah, he doesn't watch regularly, and uh, so that was kind of kind of funny to just again see that perspective. Um, you know, that sort of stuff. But the biggest thing was the spectacle, the 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 you know the, the displays and the lights and the just everything, the showmanship that goes into it. And um, uh, one of the guys actually recorded it so he could go back and, and watch to see, like, what happens post-production. Oh, sure. And um, it is pretty interesting how they put it together. And, and I will say this, and, and I'll disagree with what some of the fans say. There wasn't the rush to the, to the bathrooms during the purple ropes. Um, it, it does seem a little bit unnecessary, but... Um, I never felt like there was filler. I didn't feel antsy in my seat. I didn't feel like, oh, this is a long commercial. Um, I think for the crowd there, at least from my perspective, they do a really good job of um, keeping things entertaining, keeping things moving. And uh, um, it, it, it is different though from you know the, the uh, Monday Night War era when there were signs everywhere. You know, it was just not the same signs. And, and it's clear that they want it geared towards Reigns and Bailey and um, – Oh, well, last thing, there's a ton of kids that are Enzo Amore fans, which is, <laughs> he, he is a cartoon character. So um, all in all, I mean, it was a great event, and, and actually um, I may have converted some possible new fans. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really all I had, just, just a quick feedback on that. I thought about going to Toledo tonight because I live in Lansing, so it's not too far of a drive, but, you know, I, I can't take that much time off. Yeah, okay. Well, great. Uh, J- Jason, I'm glad you called in. Cool observations. Yeah, no, 
I, I appreciate you guys uh, listening. Excellent, excellent. That's uh, Jason in East Lansing. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Let's go to another call. Let's go to uh, Joe in Virginia up next. Uh, Joe, thanks for holding. What's on your mind tonight after SmackDown? Oh, hey, hey, Wade and, uh, and Pat. Let me mute my TV. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. Um, it, um, you know, I was uh, I was trying to catch up on SmackDown as uh, as, as you guys you know talk about things. Um, I uh, I haven't talked to you in a little while, Wade, but um, I wanted to first of all throw in my my support of Finn Balor because I've been hearing a lot of <laughs> what's the big deal about this guy, um, and I just, I, I, I want to kind of counter that. He's he's awesome, so I, I think people should um, give him a chance. Um, that was that was kind of my initial. Uh, initial reason for for uh, calling in, but um, as I uh, was, I, I DVR'd SmackDown tonight, and I was watching um, Jinder Mahal, and he did his his uh, speech about how, and again with the uh, you know like because of how I look stuff, and um, it sort of changed why I, I wanted to talk to you guys. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit too much of a breathing heart liberal here, and I'm glad Pat's on the show because he can he can counter this. But I, um, it's um, it disappointed me a lot because um, I I know he's going for that foreign menace heel um, uh, trope or or whatever you want to call it. Um, Kind of like Nikolai Volkov and and Iron Sheik did back in the eighties. Um, so I, I I get that. I just I think uh, for me today it's it's too visceral. Like when you have the Manchester attack last night, you have these constant um, and it's it's obviously it's different. Jinder Hall is not. I'm not saying he's related to that. I, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just. Right. No, we know what you're saying. Um, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I, I just, I think that um, for WWE to even kind of even going down that road of I look different and you hate me, um, and, and there's undertones of it's my religion, it's my race, um, for, for me that's, um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't even subscribe to the WWE Network anymore, and it's not because of that necessarily, but this is just another thing that's just like, this is a reason why I don't like this company, because I, I don't think that they're being responsible, 
as big as they are, as, as much of uh, the weight in the wrestling world that they carry, I, I just, uh, this, this is the kind of thing that bothers me. I, and, and like you've been saying, Wade, for, for weeks, like he doesn't need to be doing this. He could get heel heat in a legitimate, um, you know, a serious way. And I just think with, with what's going on these days in the world, this is, this is kind of tying himself into uh, a very hateful uh, thing. Joe, let, let me, um, Joel, let, let me jump in. Let me, let me get Pat's thoughts on this. Cause it yeah, is, yeah, it is a, please. a, uh, I, I think a, a reasonable valid talking point in it's pro wrestling. Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik did it. I was hearkening back to being a scared 11 year old kid when Sheik Adnanel Casey invaded the AWA and basically turned Nick Bockwinkle babyface because he was such a foreign threat, going to take the AWA title back to the Middle East with him. Um, and I was scared for that. I mean, it was like, what's going to happen if the title gets taken in the Middle East? We'll never see it again. What will happen to my wrestling? Um, how does this work in 2017? Having a, 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 a well-educated, well-spoken veteran wrestler in WWE from India say you're booing me because I don't look or talk like you. Is that fair game in the context of wrestling's presentation, Pat? And, and how are they handling it? Well, compared to a dozen years ago when uh, we had uh, Muhammad Hassan, I think they're being positively subtle about it. Um, yes. But, I, mean, you know, I mean, the foreign menace thing, you know, they, I mean, all you have to do is point out, hey, um, Jinder Mahal's, you know, he's, he's from Calgary. I mean, he's the nephew of, of Gama Singh, who was a WWF wrestler. Uh, he was trained by Bad News Brown. I mean, it's not, you know, this is, I mean, the guy probably speaks better, the guy probably speaks clearer English than I do. I mean, it's not, it's it's kind of silly to, uh, it's, it, it, it's kind of silly to see him as an actual foreign menace. I mean, and, and, and now the part that I agree with you on is this is, this is how WWE traditionally treats, and Vince McMahon as Booker traditionally treats minorities as, as you know, as cartoon characters. Uh, and and there was even and you know, pushing minorities you know, as minorities was was even big for Vince's father. We, you know, Pedro Morales's identity was that he was Latino. You know, Bruno's identity was he was Italian American and that sort of thing. And um, I, I think it's a different world now. And and maybe you know maybe we want to start uh, changing with the times. I I I have hopes for the Hunterverse, where which is Hunter running NXT and the uh, and the UK and and the UK show and and probably whatever. Woman show is coming coming along, just being different from from the main WWE product. That uh, I I think that uh, I think things are better, but they they could be you know a lot more normal. Is this much different or any different, Pat, than what they did with Rusev? What why why should people ju- mm-hmm. look at this any differently? Uh, maybe they should. I, I'm not even sure that I've thought it through compared to Rusev, but that's a more contemporary recent example of trying to get USA chance. Uh, is there any reason this should be looked at differently for better or for worse? I think, I mean, and, and people may disagree with me on I, I think Rusev was kind of played for laughs. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, having Lana go out there and, 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 you know, talk up Rusev and then spend like 60 seconds complimenting Vladimir Putin, you know, it's, it sounded like, it sounded like, uh, not like a segment on Fox News. I mean, you know, bashing Obama. Uh, but uh, this is, I mean, this is being treated as serious. And, and I think, 
and I think what's worrisome, you know, to our caller and, and probably to you is this is start, you know, Jinder Mahal's Jinder Mahal's getting over. I mean, I'm watching 205 Live, and there's not, you know, and and we mentioned that the Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton are the dark match, and there's not the line of people trying to leave the arena right now, which is which you occasionally see during 205 Live. So there's there's you know, there's evidently some interest in this, and some interest in seeing Randy Orton get his title back. Uh, I mean, that would be the main difference difference for me, and I, I guess it depends on how far they're willing to go to get Jinder over as this foreign menace. Yeah, I, I think what I think what uh, Jinder Mahal is doing reminds me a little bit more of Bret Hart uh, when he was a babyface in Canada and a heel in the United States. I think they're trying to play that up with the large group of fans in India, uh, or the, the, yeah. who they hope become fans in India, and you know. Uh, Telling the fans you're not you're booing me because of what I sound like and and that I'm different than you, I'm not sure it's crossing a line because it comes across as a heel who's got a bad attitude and the fans just don't like him and he's coming up with excuses for why they don't like him. I'd prefer that if you have a wrestler from India and you're Vince McMahon, you don't automatically make their gimmick they're from India. You know, like, I mean, you know, 50 years ago, if you're Irish, that was going to be your gimmick. Well, heck, that's still the case now to a degree. Um, but or yeah. you're Dutch or you're Polish. It's like, you know, you go back 50, 70 years, you know, everything was about where were you from? If you, you know, wh- what country did you come from from Eastern Europe? You know, who did your parents or grandparents uh, uh, grow up? Where did they grow up? And so it's kind of more of that. But uh, to me, why can't you have a wrestler from India where his gimmick isn't all centered around being from India? Why can't he just be Nick Bockwinkle? Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, uh, the, the snooty, rich, I'm better than you, everything that I have is perfect and fine and top shelf, and get heat for just being a snob. And you happen to be Indian. And I, I, like, I just, there's just part of my heart that just wants to see a wrestling promoter take that approach with somebody who isn't Caucasian. It's like, if you're black, there's a certain, you know, there's like a list of three gimmicks you get. Um, and if you're, uh, I mean, all kinds of things. So that's kind of my, my inclination on this. But I, I think it's a, it's a story in progress. It's, it's working in the sense that he's getting really good heel reactions in the building. So, um, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take Jinder Mahal as WWE SmackDown champion over more of Randy Orton doing what Randy was doing. It's got, it, it's created some buzz. Um, he's paid dues for a long time and I'm not blown away by anything he did, has done on the mic, including tonight where he seems like he's fighting laryngitis or something still three weeks in a row. Um, I hope that gets better because that's going to hinder him if it doesn't. And I, I'm waiting for him to be really impressive in the ring. That said, I sort of think he hits the threshold of what you need to be in the ring and on the mic to be acceptable in this role. But I don't think it's guaranteed to work. But, you know, it might be more transitionary. It might be more of a transitionary move, too. So we'll see. Anyway, I, I'm late on my uh, bottom of the hour break. We're going to go to another break. When we come back, more phone calls. 515-605-9345 is the number. Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. 
All right, Pat McNeil is with me, longtime Torch columnist, and we're taking your calls. And up next is Tim in Philadelphia. Speaking of VIP members, Tim, thank you for your VIP membership. No problem, Wave. Always a pleasure. Excellent. What's on your mind tonight after SmackDown? All right, well, I want to touch on what you guys were talking about earlier with Nakamura. Uh, going into Money in the Bank, I see two scenarios that pretty much write themselves as long as uh, WWE is willing to pull the trigger on it. Um, number one, uh, you're going to have Kevin Owens and Nakamura get involved in the match, uh, costing each other the briefcase, leading into what will probably be a five-star classic between the two of them at Battleground, which would be pretty cool since I'm going to be there, being a Philly show. Mm-hmm. Or the other scenario, which probably is going to be a bit more of a stretch, knowing how Vince is hesitant with new talent, is Nakamura gets the briefcase, wins the title, and builds up to the dream match of AJ and Nakamura for the belt at SummerSlam. Uh, earlier in the year, when they were talking about the brand split draft, they said, Brad, we're not going to do the full draft after WrestleMania, just a superstar shakeup, leading to rumors that there was going to be another one post-Raw, uh, post-SummerSlam. If they can get AJ versus Nakamura out of the way, that clears up AJ to move on to Raw and Nakamura to be the top baby face on SmackDown with the belt. What are your thoughts on either one of those scenarios? Yeah, Pat, I, I promised listeners we'd, uh, who didn't see the show, we'd tell them about that. Let, let me set the stage a little bit. Uh, Tim, indulge me on that. And then, Pat, you can comment on Tim's scenarios. Uh, Shane McMahon came out at the top of the show and announced the five participants for the Money in the Bank match at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view next month. AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and in my report, I have Baron Corbin twice. So who am I missing? Um, but then, uh, oh, Shinsuke Nakamura. And then Shane asked production to kill the music when Kevin Owens came out. He goes, wait, wait, Kevin Owens isn't, you're not supposed to be out here. This is, you're not in this match. And, uh, and then Owens kind of made his case and swayed Shane into um, adding him to the match. So Styles, Corbin, Zane, Ziggler, and uh, Shinsuke, and then Kevin Owens added as the sixth member. Uh, Pat, your thoughts on Tim's scenarios and, and perhaps your own? Um, what I had heard, and, and that hasn't changed, is that uh, is that they're going to hold off on AJ Styles and Nakamura until New Orleans, until WrestleMania. Similar, and it'll be on the SmackDown side, you know, similar to doing Lesnar and Reigns on the Raw side. So I mean, I mean, they could do it at SummerSlam. It's it's you know, and whenever I mean, whenever you do it, it would theoretically be a big match. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think uh, you can have Owens and Styles feud for a while, and then Nakamura and Owens feud for a while. I think that makes uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even think about. Uh, my pick is still Baron Corbin to win Money in the Bank, and and he hangs on to it for a while until maybe a babyface gets a title back from Jinder Mahal. Uh, Tim, any? Uh, well, let me put you back on here. Um, any thoughts on that possibility? Yeah, that's exactly what I had, because uh, as much as I would like to see it, Nakamura winning is definitely going to be a stretch. Uh, the match is going to give him enough spots to build up his already incredibly offensive maneuvers and get him over with the crowd, but it's it's going to be a little bit before they put the actual belt on him. I see that the ideal scenario being Kevin and Nakamura getting into it during that match, 
Yeah. And hopefully we're going to get that match at Battleground because I, I saw it in New York at the Hammerstein Ballroom when they did it in Ring of Honor. It'd be nice to see round two happen right. here in Philly. Uh, Pat, any, any shot that Sami Zayn or Dolph Ziggler win Money in the Bank as surprise underdogs who eventually cash in but perhaps don't, don't win when they cash in? I mean, that could, that could be uh, further Dolph Ziggler's frustration or just you know, kind of set up Sami as, oh, he came so close but came up just short. Um, I, I, I see a possibility of Sami Zayn winning. I, I see at this point no possibility of Dolph Ziggler winning again. And uh, right now I'm being amused by the by the street fight where uh, where Brian Kendrick went into the ring and got the purple duct tape for the ropes. <laughs> and he's now taping mouth. and now he's now using it as a weapon to try and uh, duct tape uh, Kira Tozawa. Well, he's that's he's, uh, he's, that's, that's fa- he, fantastic stuff. He has covered his mouth, so Tozawa is is in a uh, um, a face lock and he can't breathe through his mouth. He can only breathe through his nose as he's reaching for the bottom rope. So yes, that is uh, that's a first. Essentially dangerous. Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tim, any, anything else you want to talk about before we move on? Uh, yeah, one quick follow-up. Uh, AJ Styles and Ty Dillinger. Who's going to have to give up the fireman's carry neckbreaker first? Um, well, well, not, well, Styles is not going to give up the move just because Dillinger is using it as his finisher, so neither one of them are going to have to give it up. Yeah, I don't. I wonder. I wonder if there will be a point where they suggest to tie, since AJ uses it and it doesn't end his matches. Maybe, uh, maybe you want to come up with a finisher that actually isn't a transition or mid-match move, just for your own sake, Ty Dillinger. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Tim, appreciate it, and uh, thanks again for your VIP membership. What's your favorite part of uh, being VIP? Uh, uh, the fix, Todd Martin, hands down. Excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Appreciate it. All right, let's uh, let's hear. Let's go to our next caller here, and uh, let's go to Darrell in Georgia. Darrell, you're on the show. What's on your mind after SmackDown tonight? How you doing today, Wade? Okay. Pat, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Here you're fine, Darrell. Okay, okay. Um, tonight, um, it was okay. SmackDown, which. Um, with the um, main event, which they didn't have since they selling so much, felt like um, the first time he should be selling a lot, maybe in a high-profile type of match, high title match or something like that. But that's my opinion. Um, would love to hear what you guys think about that. Uh, Pat? Well, I mean, as far as WWE is concerned, this is a high-profile match. He's in a tag. He's teaming with AJ Styles again. It's the main event of SmackDown. He's teaming with AJ Styles against Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler. There's three you know, former world champions in there with him. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. I, this is the part where I wish that he had that Nakamura had several you know, squash matches to sort of build up his repertoire, get the fans used to him. Show off the show off the Kinshasa kick and and his style and all that. It, I, I thought I think one of the things that's going to be a talking point this week is during Shane's announcement, Shinsuke standing there for the whole time, just kind of making you know, body language and facial twitches and all that. And it's just, there's something about Shinsuke that works when his music's playing and then boom, the bell rings and it's, it's, it's go, go, go. And it's have a match. And there's something that doesn't work with his shtick when he is actually, um, just standing there and listening to other people talk or people talk about him at him or, uh, even worse, just talk about other things. And there was a long stretch at the top of the show of that. And, it just it doesn't work for me, and I think that I mean I'm not sure 
if you adjust to avoid that, because if you know if you want him in the Money in the Bank ladder match, everybody's in the ring. You can't have him not in the ring. But I just, I think you got to pick your spot. You, you just be as careful as they can, as often as they can, putting him because he's such a unique talent. Putting him in a in a position where that doesn't get overexposed or put in a context where it seems more weird than cool. And it's a fine line with Shinsuke, and and it's not it's not a project that Vince McMahon developed and cared for as it developed. So he's getting a finished product, but he's not, he hasn't read the manual on how to use it properly. And, and right now I think he's making some mistakes with Shinsuke, but he might be saying, hey, there's a way we do things around here, and you know, we're not, he's not going to be our Roman Reigns. He's just going to be a, a good player in the, mix, in the top mix on SmackDown, and he'll have to adjust to us, and there might be some things that aren't catering to what makes him t- positioned in the strongest way possible. But that's just the way it's going to be. You know, it's, it's one of the trade-offs. We're not going to blow up the format of the show or how we do things just because of him. And, but I, I'm just not even sure that he's aware of, of Shinsuke or put thought into how to you know, position Shinsuke differently than other people because he is a different kind of talent. Uh, Pat, anything, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, for, you know, we don't know exactly what they're thinking. For all we know, Wade, they're setting up for Nakamura and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 34. Why do you have to ruin the day? Why do you have to ruin this? <laughs> it, 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 it's my gimmick. Um, also, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm watching 205 Live, and Cedric Alexander is back from injury, and he got a squash match. I'm like, it's, it's, not, it's not like they don't know how to do this. Yeah, but that's 205 Live with a captive audience, essentially. You know, I mean, they, they're like, ah, people can fast forward, and we're not worried about TV ratings and, and uh, commercial breaks and that kind of thing. And that's where they revert back to the when TV, wrestling TV shows were loss leaders to promote, to build up talent and, and sell tickets to house shows. And now it's different. You know, it's, it, they're, try, they're scared that if they do a squash match, people will tune out. Um, and then they give you really long matches that are 50-50, even Steven, with outcomes that people have learned don't really matter that much. And that hurts, too. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, watching the, I'm watching the ratings lately, Wade. They should be scared that people are turning out, tuning out during their main events, not, not during the squash matches. I know, and I think it makes them even more scared. And they just double down on the policy that is actually, you know, in some ways counterproductive to, to what their goal ultimately is. Uh, okay, we'll go to our next break. When we come back, more phone calls uh, on, uh, let's see, who, who do we have on deck here? Uh, Mike from Boston, you are on deck. So when we come back, be prepared. You'll be live. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, Everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. (laughs) 
Pat McNeil is my guest co-host. And up next on The Color List is Mike from Boston. Mike, thanks for calling again. What's in your mind tonight? Hey, Wade. Hey, Pat. It's really good to talk to you guys, as always. Good to talk to you. Um, I, you know, there's a couple of things. I thought the show overall was a solid B tonight. I thought it was a fun show. I thought it was a recovery from the week before. And I liked a couple of the little things and the little details that the uh, creative team got right. I really liked Owens coming out at the beginning of the show and pointing out the hypocrisy of folks like Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler getting in the money of the bank match despite losing uh, on pay-per-view the week before, uh, despite the fact that they're heels and he should, you know, you'd think he'd be aligning with them. It was a, it's something that we talk about on the show a lot as fans, you know, like, follow and talk a lot. Like, why are the guys that are losing getting put in these, like, big money matches with a championship on the line? So I thought that was a really good small touch by Owens to uh, point out the fact that, you know, hey, the guys that win should be the ones that are getting the money in the bank opportunity overall. I don't like Nakamura in this kind of match, partly because I don't like the way that these matches tend to go, where you have two guys fighting in the ring and four people laying outside of the ring for an ungodly amount of time. <laughs> there is so that, yeah. You're just gonna... So, and, you know, with the WWE, they're, they're one of the more, I think, forward-thinking companies when it comes to finding ways to push technology and push ways to shoot things. I don't understand why they don't just have fans go to a second screen. Uh, like, hey, if you want to see more, watch, you know, like we have the main action of the ring and if there's stuff that's going on uh, on the peripheral, like put it up on your iPad, put it up on your phone, like log into, you know, this right now and be able to watch that. That would be a way... I, you know, there's there's a way they could shoot things uh, or push things to kind of make these matches have a little bit more impact. But I kind of think that Nakamura is going to get lost in the shuffle uh, in a match like Money in the Bank, and you know he's already in danger of of losing of of uh, getting lost in the shuffle. I, I tweeted this to you earlier, Wade, but you know, like Shinsuke Nakamura should not be selling like he's Ricky Morton. Yeah. That's that's not why people cheer for Nakamura. They cheer. I think Jason from Australia pointed this out uh, on the Raw show last night. He kind of circled back around it. You know, we wanted to watch Nakamura because he kicks a lot of ass. He beats the crap out of people, and it looks like it really hurts. Uh, and having a guy take eight minutes of offense from Dolph Ziggler just it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense like all of a sudden it really it deflates a lot of the air in the balloon at that point and you know i don't understand i think i've said this before but i don't understand why vince would want to sign all of these guys that have a very unique calling card uh, that makes them special that makes them stand out and then puts them in the WWE blender and have like this really homogenized product where everyone feels the same. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Go ahead, Pat. Yeah. Um, well, the reason they, I mean, the reason they hired these guys is, you know, in part because they think they might contribute to the brand also in part. So no other wrestling company can use them. I mean that's that is that is a lot of what is going on with uh, with big names you know being brought in and 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 especially with stacking NXT the way they do it's not I mean it it's not a developmental territory really it, it hasn't been for for some time I mean they you know they would much rather have Shinsuke Nakamura you know sit you know 
on, on SmackDown not being used to his potential, then have Nakamura as part of the uh, New Japan crew that's that's going to be doing uh, going to be live on on Access TV in July. And I, I agree with your saying, Pat, about NXT not being a pure developmental brand at this point. Um, that it definitely it's become Hunter's baby and. Perhaps it wasn't meant to become this, but it's become the kind of thing that a lot of the more the less casual fan, the more hardcore fan watches for different reasons that they watch the main product. And if that's what it's meant to be, that's fine. But you have these guys that when they're on NXT, they stand out, they're special. You're rooting for them. You're getting invested in their story for whatever reason. You know, you're, you're invested in that character. And then they're brought up to the main roster, and it's all of what you kind of rooted for them in the first place. It gets stripped away. So I'd rather see NXT just become, you know, a third brand all of, all of its own, keep the performance center and develop guys with the performance center, bring them up to the main roster to maybe work some squash and jobber matches and kind of get a feel for, you know, what it's like on the big stage. But keep NXT as for what ECW could have been back in 2008, 2009, 2010, which it never became. But, you know, that third kind of lesser brand overall, what, but Mike, something what, for more of the hardcore. Mike, what would you do different than what they're doing in that regard, though? Ready. With Nakamura in, in no, particular? No with, no, with NXT being a, a, a third brand along the lines of ECW for hardcore fans, I think Triple H would contend that, that is what it is. It, it absolutely is what it is, but they're still calling guys up from NXT and then putting them on the main roster. And then once they're on that main roster, they're not they're not using them in the same capacity or telling maybe the same story would be the wrong. You don't want to tell the same story twice. The sequel's never as good. But finding the things that about their character that made them either loved or hated by that NXT crowd and that they're stripping that away and they're making them just kind of like this really weird... Kind of like, like, almost like tapioca. Yeah, and Mike, I'm not against that, obviously, but what I don't, just what I'm trying to understand is what, how would NXT be different? 97% of WWE's revenue comes from what they do with the main roster. So are you saying do some, because you can't have top talent stay in NXT and never work WrestleMania, never be exposed to 3, 4 million people a week on Raw and SmackDown and internationally on all the other uh, distribution that is dominant for Raw and SmackDown compared to NXT. So are you saying keep guys who are over on NXT, but make NXT a Wednesday night show on USA Network? Like what, what would no, realistically... No, I, I, I understand, sure. Yeah. Realistically, if you're, when you're bringing guys... Realistically, guys are always going to want to come up to the main roster, and they should. You don't want a guy that's like... You, you wouldn't want to see, you know, like someone like Mike Trout staying in AAA for his whole career. That would be a waste of Mike Trout. However, mm-hmm. you wouldn't call... When Mike Trout comes up to play in the big leagues, you don't turn him into a singles hinter and a hit-and-run guy. Okay. I understand what you're. I understand what you're saying, Mike. But here's the thing: if I'm, you know, I mean, I understand that uh, if I'm Triple H, I want guys going up to the main roster because you know part of what part of what Triple H is doing with NXT is turning it into something like a territory, and in a territory, guys left before they got stale. You know, I mean, I mean, you think Bailey? How over do you think Bailey would be if he had, if she had spent another year on NXT? 
I sure. Think, oh uh, no, and and, yeah. and again, I, I maybe I'm, I'm definitely maybe not making so clear here. I'm not saying keep guys down in NXT forever. I'm saying that once they come up from NXT to that main roster, don't strip them away of what made their characters so good and made them so relatable and what made you cheer for them in the first place. What you're doing right now is you have this you know, a lot of unique talents that get blended into this one kind of voice. Like everyone delivers the same style of promo. Can you imagine 1998, Steve Austin standing in the ring with five other people and standing there quietly waiting for his turn to speak and being spoken to? Yeah. He never would have gotten over. No, that's a great no, point. No, I mean, yeah, but it's not 1998 anymore. Vince doesn't want anybody to any one individual wrestler to be bigger than the company. He doesn't want another person succeeding on the level of The Rock or Steve Austin because, for one thing, then they'll leave. <laughs> I mean, of course, I mean they obviously, and, yeah, and that's a point that's been made many, many times. And, and I agree. Like that now, the big thing is the WWE brand. More than anything else, you're not paying to see a star, perhaps, but you're paying to see the WWE. But if you're doing your job well and you're doing your job correctly, then you should always be. You should always have these stars that are ready to win the next per, first person. Teams, whether it's injury, whether another opportunity, you have people that are ready to go underneath them. And the problem they have right now is they don't have anyone who would say, okay, Cena, you're coming to the tail end of your career. You've had a good run, you've had, you know, but now you're a part timer. We have like one, two, or three guys we can keep our eye on to be that next person. It doesn't, you know, I guess you could say it's Roman Reigns, but he's not, he's getting rejected. So what you have, what you could have is this really great product that can appeal to a pretty wide array of fans for different reasons. If you don't like this part of the show, we have these other gotcha. four or okay. five other things that might appeal to you overall. Mike, I want to jump in because I want to get another call in before our next break, and my time's a little limited tonight, and we've got a lot of callers. So um, good, good, good oh, discussion no, no, point. No We'll uh, continue it another time when we see kind of how things develop here with, with Nakamura. Always great to hear from you, Mike. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Let's go to Hayden in Kansas City next. Let's uh, squeeze you in before our top of the hour break here. Go ahead, Hayden. What's on your mind? Oh, um, hi, Wade. How are you doing? Uh, great. Thanks for calling. Good, good. Uh, first off, I wanted to do a little bit of a clarification. Actually, if you saw the um, match, uh, the pre-show match between Ty Dillinger and Aiden English, I believe it was, he actually did use a variant version of the tiebreaker. There's a new version. Oh, good. Instead of him dropping him on his neck on the back, he kind of lift him off, kind of like you do with the GTS, and just brought the and brought Aiden English's head down to his knee and in a seated position. It was like a GTS, but instead of lifting the knee, he kept the knee on the ground. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to bring I'm that glad, up because it yeah. seemed like. Um, really, there's been a lot of talk about, obviously, about the Jinder Mahal situation, but I kind of wanted to talk about the tag team situation in. Uh, in SmackDown, it's 
I honestly don't know what they're going to do and honestly don't know where they're heading with this. Uh, the two singles matches tonight, uh, they it, it seemed like it was, goodness, I don't know. It just seemed like they're going absolutely nowhere with um, the Usos. The Usos seem to be spinning their wheels, even though they're the best team they got down there. And uh, it, the, obviously the, um, who are they, the Fashion Police? Yeah, they... They probably are going to be out of the tag team title picture for a little while, I think, but I don't know for sure. But otherwise, I'm not too sure on to like what they're going to do with some of the other tag teams in that division. Obviously, the New Day made and uh, made their presence known, and they're going to be felt around the tag team division. But teams like the Ascension are obviously not going to go absolutely anywhere, from what the past has to tell for us, and. Uh, Honestly, they don't have the Vaude villains anymore, so I'm just really curious as to how they're going to save this tag team division. It just seems to be spinning its wheels and going absolutely nowhere. I, I think they're probably evaluating this week, the last few days, Pat, thinking they've, they're onto something with Brizongo and the Usos. I bet they're kind of thinking, that going into Sunday, I don't know if they would have imagined they'd spent as much time on them on tonight's show. Yeah, I I think that um, I mean I wasn't crazy about it, but yeah, tonight's interact you know tonight's tag match with with those four was definitely better than Sunday's tag match in my opinion. Um, but that's the thing they you know they SmackDown is not a, a they're not placing a priority on the tag team division, and I suspect that you know I suspect Brizango is a placeholder and will eventually get to New Day and the Usos, which I think they've done before, but they're they're waiting long enough for us to not remember that. And uh, I, I think the Ascension's going somewhere, but I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere other than SmackDown. All right. Uh, very good. Thanks, Pat. We will go next to Denny in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, Denny, thanks for calling. What's on your mind uh, tonight? Actually, I'm going to put, put you on hold until you can uh, turn down the music. And we'll go to Kenny in Gallatin, Tennessee instead. Uh, go with Kenny. Uh, background noise, no better. <laughs> Kenny, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Wade. Oop, hold on. Too much background noise. We're going to go back to Denny. We're just going to, it's like whack-a-mole. I'm hoping for a caller without a ton of background noise. So, uh, Denny, we're going to put you back live on the air here. Uh, I'm, I'm, back. I'm still in the arena, Wade. Oh, good. Yep. Yay. Just hoping you're to a uh, spot a little less noisy for our listeners. What, uh, what would you like to share with us? Um, I'm sorry about the, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, go ahead. Music ends in a second. Yeah, give us an update on what's happening. Um, um well, Orton just uh, they they just had the DQ finish. The, uh, the Singh brothers came in and attacked Orton when he was about to win, uh, and then Orton uh, hit them with the RKO uh, to kind of send the crowd home happy. Um, yeah, so tonight was a fun show though. Uh, we um, uh, the caller earlier that called uh, and said that Dillinger hit a variation of the finisher was correct. It's a, he is doing a new uh, version of it. Uh, the pre-show match was a ten-man tag match. That was a lot of fun. Um, I was in the I was in the front row. Um, I. I, uh, I tweeted you earlier. They didn't make me change my PW Torch VIP shirt. <laughs> Did they notice? What? Uh, no, no, not, not that I know of. Yeah. Uh, Randy's signing autographs right now for kids. That's pretty cool. But yeah, no, no one said anything to me about it or anything. So uh, I'm not sure if uh, they just didn't notice or if they just didn't care. But but yeah, I uh, I didn't get a free WWE shirt. <laughs> so uh, um, 
Uh, when uh, the announcers were coming out, JBL snubbed me on a handshake. Uh, but then when I, but then when I booed him, um, then when I booed him, uh, he he came down and shook my hand. Uh, uh, the, the crowd was like really cra- going crazy for uh, the fashion police. Um, like the tag match, I thought was awesome. Um, and. Uh, Would you say, Dan, or excuse me, Denny, that uh, Jinder Mahal seemed over at World Championship heel level? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Uh, Is Jinder Mahal over at a World Champion level uh, based on crowd response? he, he, he certainly seemed over tonight. Um, like there was, there was actually like a lot of like uh, he actually had a pretty decent babyface reaction. I thought. Um, he, uh, like the, the the dancers and stuff that he had. I really enjoyed those guys, and they were actually he was actually getting some like a, a pretty decent babyface reaction too. Um, but I mean, there, there was there was a there, there was definitely a lot of heel heat because like there was a lot of USA chants and stuff. Um, uh, so that, I thought that I thought that segment was actually pretty cool. Very cool. Anything else you want to add from being there live? Yeah. I know we're catching you right as the music. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, the, uh, um, what I was I gonna say? Oh, uh, nah, I thought Nakamura was pretty over. Um, I, I agree with the, uh, what the caller said earlier. I, th- I think he was doing a, lo- a, a bit too much selling. I thought they should have. You know, got the heat on AJ and let Nakamura come in and clean house instead of the other way around. But um, you know, I mean, what can you do? But he he did seem over the crowd was singing uh, singing along with his uh, with his music, and I you know, it was just you know kind of um, surprising because I didn't I I never really thought of Toledo as much of a like a, a smart crowd, so I wasn't sure if they would be as familiar with Nakamura. You know, only having seen the one match on Backlash for for the most part, for most of them. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, the, uh, the yeah the the, the yeah uh, the, the the opening match was a uh, like I said a ten a ten man tag uh, the the pre show match I mean um, the American Alpha was in it Luke Harper um, uh, Mojo Raleigh and Ty Dillinger uh, against uh, the Colognes um, uh, uh, Aiden English and uh, I forgot who else but they. Uh, uh, it, it was like everyone there seemed like to, to have, they had a pretty decent, um, like they had a, 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 you know, like Dillinger was really over and a lot of people were chanting for Luke Harper. Luke Harper got the hot tag and cleaned, uh, cleaned house. So, um, but overall, man, I had a, I had a really fun show. Uh, this is about, you know, my first time sitting front row at a SmackDown. So I'll, I'll definitely be doing that again. You get any good pictures? Oh yeah. I got, I got a lot of really cool pictures. Um, you know, got you know, got to you know, slap hands with you know, a few of my faces. And this was my first time seeing Nakamura live, so that was a lot of cool. That was a lot of fun, man. Drop me an email. We might be able to use some of the photos if you'll share them. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Uh, Denny, thanks for sharing. If you think of anything uh, thanks, else, yeah, if you think of any other observations, I can read them on the air tomorrow. If you can't call us on the uh, on the midweek flagship with Travis, so when things kind of settle down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll try to. Yeah, I'll try to get myself together. <laughs> cool. No, it's, it's always fun hearing people at the building. It adds, uh, adds an element to the show, so we appreciate you taking time to call us. All right. Cool. Uh, no problem. Uh, yep, sounds great, Denny. Thanks. All right, we're losing Denny's connection yep. there. Uh, Denny, Denny from Toledo at, uh, at SmackDown. 
Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise! Alright, let's try Kenny in Gallatin, Tennessee. Let's see if he's out of the uh, the, the laundromat that he was in earlier or something like that. Hey, Kenny. Hey, Wade. Can yeah. you hear me alright? Yeah, I hear you fine. What's on your mind tonight? Alright, that's good. I'll just make it real quick because I know you're kind of running low on time. Um, I noticed that one of the callers made a reference to the fact that the champion uh, or that the attendance to the show was not that well filled and it wasn't really a sellout. My question is how much of the blame would Junior Mahal get if he can't fill up the uh, TV events and the house shows? Uh, do, you, do you feel like that if, if he doesn't do it as far as bringing people in with him as WWE champion, do you think we'll get a real short reign? And I can take my answer off the air. And thanks for taking my call. And you have a good night, Pat. Excellent. Uh, thanks, Kenny. Okay. Uh, Pat, what do you think? Uh, well, we've already had the, uh, I think we talked about Sunday night, we already had the WWE title change hands, you know, seven times in, in less than a year. So it's, I, I'm not expecting gender to hold the title till WrestleMania. Let's just put it that way. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's not that they'll blame him if, if the attendance goes down or the ratings go down. They'll just, uh, but they will probably switch the belt to somebody else. And, and I think we're in an era where they're not, looking at the champion as the reason that they draw or don't draw, as the sole metric or the sole determinant. I mean, right. there, there's other factors that go into why Jinder Mahal is, is champion. I mean, they want to get attention in India and get the WWE brand over there and get mainstream publicity to, you know, pave, pave the way for them to enter that market at a higher level. There's a lot, and Jinder Mahal talks about the 1.4 billion people um, that are potential WWE fans who, you know, if they can get... A, a tiny slice of a slice of them to be uh, WWE Network subscribers if it becomes accessible there. That that would make them very happy uh, in WWE. And so, I mean, other factors play into it. And I think they think that people come to see the brand more than an individual wrestler or an actual title match. It's a different business in that respect than it once was. I mean, there was a time where many territories were largely built around, you know, four Four guys who drew, one of them was a world champion, and you know, a couple of them would rotate as challengers, and they'd bring heels in or baby faces in from the outside to challenge them, and they'd uh, spend some time and then move on to their territory when they failed to win the title, but the, the, the champion is what drew. And, I mean, this is, you know, Bruno Sammartino, a great example of that, where if Bruno wasn't on the show, it drew a lot different than if he was. Hulk Hogan, show drew a lot different than if he was, if he was or wasn't. Same with Ric Flair during his prime. So, I mean, that's not where we are now. You know, I, I don't think WWE can look at a show other than John Cena 
at his peak, or you know, they might say now Roman Reigns is making uh, somewhat of a difference if he's advertised or not. Uh, but Pat, I mean, it is a different business. You've watched it long enough to see that happen. Do you think there's that in particular this time, this era that we're in is less less weight is put on the shoulders of the champion to be a draw than ever and that they really consider it an ensemble and brand-based attraction. Yeah, that, that's a fair statement. Uh, and, I mean, we've even seen times in, in, like, the past decade where, you know, the champion was treated more as he wasn't treated as the main person on the on that particular brand. And, and uh, yeah, that, I mean, that was never the case, you know, back in the territory days. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank Barry and Tony and James and uh, who just uh, – oh, that's – Barry just signed up and uh, Antonio and James and Tony for signing up since we've been on the air and becoming VIP members. Oh, you cool. can too. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. And uh, I think they each took the $1 option um, for to try us for one month. So um, I appreciate – yeah, all three of you. So we spent a grand total of four bucks since we've been on the air, and we hope that you love the service and will Woo-hoo. become regular subscribers going forward. And we hope that those of you listening to us here uh, will do the same. There's so much that comes with the VIP membership. I could take an hour, and it still won't cover all of it. There is an unmatched library of archives of both audio and back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter. Uh, columns galore, Torch Talk interviews before wrestlers hosted and were interviewed by podcasts. The only long-form interviews, or interviews, period, that were being done by wrestlers talking about the inner workings of the wrestling industry were Torch Talks. And this includes uh, feature-length interviews with Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, uh, uh, Steve Austin, Jesse Ventura, uh, go, uh, all the way back to the one of the first ones Mick I ever did. Foley. Vern, Vern Gagne. What's that, Pat? Mick Foley. Mick Foley. Paul Heyman. Jim Cornette. Um, if they were a big name in this business, uh, there's a very good chance that they were uh, sat down for a very long torch talk with me. Heck, a, very, a multitude of WCW vice presidents over the years, um, including uh, uh, Jim, Jim Hurd, which was a big get back when he first was WCW VP. Kip Fry, Bill Watts, Eric Bischoff, shortly after he took over WCW, uh, did a torch talk. And then uh, I think it was back in about 2000... Oh God, the years kind of blend. I think about 2008, maybe, Eric and I sat down and did about a five-hour in-depth torch talk reflecting on uh, what happened in WCW. And it's still... A, I'm real proud of how that interview went. It was a little little tension and contentious. Eric and I go way back. We're both from the Minnesota area and he, we crossed paths in his, when he was getting a start in the AWA and I was shooting photos uh, for the torch in various international magazines. And, uh, but we had a really good conversation and I think we both were surprised at, at, at how well it went. And uh, the, so you can just dive into the archives of the transcribed torch talk interviews uh, in the back issues of the pro wrestling torch newsletter. I mean, you can spend a whole summer just catching up on those. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just so many things that are cool about a VIP membership. The, uh, if you do sign up, I encourage everybody to go to pwtorchvip.com slash VIP tips. That's pwtorchvip.com slash VIP tips. You'll need your VIP password to get to that page, but that'll give you an orientation to everything that comes with a VIP membership, all the new stuff and also a good uh, overview of how to get to our archives, including some top secret deep state archives uh, going back to our original VIP site with some cool, cool features that are a little hard to find, a little bit of a uh, Easter egg treasure hunt for uh, a couple years there of our very early stuff. But 
It's a fun journey. You can lose yourself in the archives. Plus, you get ad-free access to this show, ad-free access to the uh, PW Torch website. There's actually a separate website for VIP members that mirrors pwtorch.com called pwtorchvip.com. It's ad-free. It looks great on smartphones. It's, it's a fantastic experience on smartphones. We've got a link, a special link that takes you to a, a virtual mobile app um, that uh, is really nice without the ads. I know some people get, aren't thrilled with uh, ads that pop up that you've got to wait to play or close when you're going to free websites, the Torch and otherwise. And VIP members can get everything that's on pwtorch.com, live pay-per-view coverage and all the special articles and news and ringside beat reports from around the world uh, without ads. So that's another benefit, and it's also an ad-free desktop site. I could go on, but I won't. I'll just tell you. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip and check out all the details. We've got testimonials there, too, from VIP members who just swear by the service and love what we provide, even with all the free stuff that's out there, podcasts and websites. There is another layer. There's another level to pro wrestling coverage, and uh, I think you have to experience it to kind of fully, fully get what we're doing. So go uh, check it out at pwtorch.com slash go vip the coupon code is dollar may dollar may d-o-l-l-a-r-m-a-y dollar may spell it out one word no space and you get nine bucks off a your first month subscription there's no further obligation beyond that you can cancel anytime uh pat it's always a pleasure talking with you on the live cast appreciate your uh contributions and input on today's show well, thank you, Wade, and uh, it's always good to talk to you people, and we will do it again probably next week. Uh, have a great Memorial Day. Excellent. Yes, happy Memorial Day to everybody, and uh, keep checking out pwtorch.com. If you're not a VIP member, pwtorchvip.com. If you are, I'll be by tomorrow with Travis, and uh, we'll have interview Thursday and the Post Impact Show and Primetime Friday with Bruce and Rich coming up. So still a lot more to come this week, but if you want to hear more of me talking about Raw or more of Pat and Greg Parks talking about Backlash on Sunday night, they're right on underneath this show on your podcast feed on your smartphone. Um, follow me on Twitter at the Wade Keller. Follow our brand at PW Torch. Follow our sister brand at MMA Torch. And be sure to check out our uh, newly relaunched PWPodcasts.com with in-depth, fascinating recaps and summaries of wrestling personality-hosted podcasts. If you haven't been there in the last couple of days, a lot of cool uh, content, including Chris Jericho's interview with Jinder Mahal. Also, the latest We Watch Wrestling with Matt McCarthy responding to Randy Orton's tweets on the indie scene. Matt McCarthy, a big fan of PWG. Um, I'm real curious to see what he had to say about Randy Orton. Matt McCarthy, ex-creative team member, professional stand-up comedian, huge wrestling fan, and friend of the live cast, hosts his own weekly show called We Watch Wrestling. Um, and uh, Matt gives insight into how writers handle injured wrestlers. And much more. So we got a, a written summary of that, along with a link to listen to the show. As I said, we got a detailed recap of Jinder Mahal on Talk is Jericho. The latest Tony Schiavone podcast, a summary of what he had to say about Fall Brawl 97. Kurt Henning's turn, Arn Anderson stories, and a crazy Steiner Brothers rib. Also, Edge and Christian with a pot of awesomeness. Talk about terrible gimmicks. A bizarre role Christian was going to play. And Tommy Dreamer's Tales from the Indies. Also a recap of Cheap Heat, talking about Jinder's Big Day, the charisma of Bret Hart and Sami Zayn, and is Randy Orton lazy? The Cheap Heat crew addresses that. Also, Coke Cabana's Art of Wrestling with D'Lo Brown, Jeremy Borash, Conan, Blue Meanie, and Jack Evans. And the latest Steve Austin Unleashed with Ted Fowler, talking about UFC 211, actual rattlesnakes, and why Steve was angry over a deer. The latest X-Pac 12360 episode, 
Uh, also, MLW Radio talking about Orton versus Twitter versus indie wrestlers. And uh, the latest Sam Roberts podcast with Kathy Kelly. And the latest Eric Bischoff podcast with John Morrison. And so much more. So those are just the podcast recaps. We also pull quotes from wrestler interviews. Goldust had something to say about Jinder Mahal's title win. Jinder Mahal had something to say about his title win. Ed Nordholm from Impact Wrestling, the president, had something to say about the broken universe and the legal battle there. Um, so if there's a compelling quote uttered by a wrestler on a podcast, we've got it covered on the left column in the news column and on the right side. If you're looking for a recap of a wrestling Host, wrestling personality hosted podcast it's very likely there you can uh, decide what you're going to listen to next by going there or just catch up without listening on the highlights of shows you won't get a chance to listen to if you're interested in contributing to pwpodcasts.com i encourage you to email me kellerwade at gmail.com that's kellerwade at gmail.com and let me know that you're interested in helping out there might be a podcast that we aren't covering yet that you listen to or we're willing to listen to and send us recaps or you might just want to be a backup for a time when a correspondent drops off or uh, is unable to cover a show so we're always looking for volunteers to help make the site as great as it can be you can email me at kellerwade at gmail.com thanks again everybody sorry to the callers we didn't get to we had a lot a lot more callers than i anticipated tonight um but uh, that's always a good thing. So thanks to those who we got to. Sorry to those we didn't. You can email me a topic or question for tomorrow's show or call tomorrow, 1 Eastern, with Travis Bryant from EastCoastCast.com and also Pro Wrestling Torch columnist. That will do it for me for today. Thanks again to Pat McNeil, our callers, and until tomorrow, when Travis Bryant joins me on the PW Torch livecast, this is Wade Keller thanking all of you for your support, encouraging you to check out pwtorch.com and mmatorch.com, and until tomorrow, in fact, uh, just over 14 hours from now, actually less than that, just over 13 and a half hours from now, Wade Keller signing off. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. It is Thursday, May 25th, 2017. This is the PW Torch Livecast Impact Post Show. I am pwtorch.com's Mike McMahon with pwtorch.com's Andrew Socek. Andrew, how are you this evening? Oh, I got to bring you up there, Andrew. Did my phone sound out? Mike, I'm doing well. Does my phone sound okay? It sounds kind of staticky to me. Yeah, no, it sounds good here. Uh, if you if you need to call back, though, just let me know. Okay, uh, I'm going to try calling back. I will be right back. Okay. So Andrew's <laughs> going to drop off and call us right back here. Uh, very newsworthy episode of impact this week i would say uh ec3 is the new number one contender so he's on his way to slammiversary uh he defeated james storm and magnus in a triple threat match to close the show uh that wasn't the only thing though scott steiner to impact wrestling as 
Josh Matthews' partner for Slammiversary. Josh Matthews will now partner with Scott Steiner against Jeremy Borash and Joseph Park. Uh, and there were some other newsworthy, little newsworthy events, uh, I think, over the course of the show as well. Those being the two big ones, though. EC3 is the number one contender for Bobby Lashley's world title and the return of Scott Steiner, who uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit, I, I thought looked pretty good, all things considered. This is a guy that, remember, is 54 years old. Uh, he's 54 years old, but I, I think because of the big leather jacket, because of that thing he wears in his head, and, and you know his his beard still looks the same, he didn't look like a 54-year-old man. You know, he looked kind of, I mean, you could tell he was older. Uh, he looked to be a little smaller than he was in his heyday, but he looked similar to what you remember Scott Steiner looking like, uh, which I thought was interesting. You know, uh, uh, he didn't look like a 54 year old man. You know, he sort of looked like the guy, I wouldn't say the guy that was, was, he wasn't the Scott Steiner of, you know, 1994, but he sort of reminded me, he didn't look much different than Scott Steiner, you know, from late WCW, that WWE runner, certainly his time in TNA just a few years ago. Um, so Andrew and I will get to talking about all of this week's episode of Impact in a little bit. We'll also take your phone calls at 515-605-9345. We've already got a couple of people on the line. Remember, if you do want to get on hold uh, to call in and you want to get the caller queue, once you're on hold, you just have to hit number one on your phone and that'll let us know that you want to get on the air. And again, that number is 515-605-9345. But Andrew, before we get to running down this week's show, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the big news of the week. And again, the the news of the week uh, with, with impact often has lately revolved around the Hardys and their whole situation with their intellectual property and who owns it. And it's been a saga that has played itself out on social media for several weeks now. Uh, but news I would say this week is that uh, Ed Nordholm, the president of Impact Wrestling, went ahead and released email correspondence with WWE that he's had. He released uh, portions of Matt Hardy's contract that talked about the intellectual property and, and who would own certain aspects of things. I want to get your take on this because uh, I, I certainly have some feelings on it as well, but what was your reaction to the, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't call it a leak, but what was your reaction to uh, Ed Norholm going ahead and releasing that information this week? And uh, what do you think? the? First of all, I, I guess we've talked about this a little bit, but who, how do you think the ownership of it should play out? In your opinion, who should own that intellectual property, number one? And then number two, uh, what was your reaction to seeing the president of Impact Wrestling going ahead and releasing all that information this week? Uh, yeah, that, that was certainly interesting. Um, looking at those documents and just, you know, listening to, like, Todd Martin uh, on the fix, it seems pretty clear that uh, Impact owns all of that. Um, although Wade has also mentioned that uh, the Hardys still believe they have some sort of claim to it. Um, however, yeah, that, that, I found that to be pretty... Uh, pretty out there, almost like, a, I don't know, that seems like something Dixie Carter would do, just, just something random. Um, I can kind of understand why they did it. I'm sure Ed Nordholm is, is just sick and tired uh, of kind of being attacked online, and I'm sure a lot of people are on the Hardy side without really, you know, just because they don't like impact and they like the Hardys. 
But the way he went about it, uh, I guess I agree with like Eric Bischoff saying that's very like a small ball he's playing. Uh, it, it just seems like beneath him. The higher road, of course, is just, uh, you know, not respond, let it play out. But uh, I think he, it, cause, I don't know, his anger or annoyance got the best of him. And he just sent that out and probably didn't think it through uh, as well as he should have. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, I think that it doesn't look good the way that it played out. And, and my position on the whole thing sort of from the beginning is that, you know what, Impact's probably right. They probably own it. Um, it's just the, the way that they're going about it uh, is, what, is what bothers me a little bit. And I think that it has been, you know, borderline unprofessional. That being said, I think Rebby Hardy has been on borderline unprofessional as well. She's been on nuclear a few times with Twitter rants directed towards TNA and its management. So I, I sort of see both sides of it. But like you said, I, I'm not an attorney. I looked at the documents and the portions of the contract this week, too. I'm not an attorney. Todd Martin is. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, just having somewhat of a basic understanding, uh, reading the terms of the agreement, I sort of agree that, yeah, Impact probably owns it. I mean, if this thing were to go to court, and who knows, it might, I, I think we would see that, that Impact Wrestling or, or Impact Ventures, whatever the, the, the name of the corporation is, they probably own the rights. You know, I'm, again, not, a, not an attorney, not a judge. My basic understanding leads me to believe that Ed Norton's probably right. He owns it. If he owns Impact, I think he owns the rights to the, the universe and the characters. Now, that being said, I agree with you that there's better ways to go about this than to release someone's contract. Uh, and, and, look, I get it. He's been attacked you know, nonstop pretty much from day one. Um, my big... And, I also agree with them not wanting to just let it go. I mean, I've had I've heard that argument too. Well, hey, you know what? Impact may own it, but but Matt Hardy developed it, and he's the one that came up with it, so they should just let him have it. Well, no, they shouldn't because you know what? That's a pretty dangerous precedent to set. If you, I mean, if, if it's an intellectual property that you own, and the contract says you own it, someone else can use it if you want to let them, or or if they want to compensate you for it. But they shouldn't just give it away. Anyone that's saying they should just give it to Matt Hardy because they just should. No, you know what? They should. If they own it, they own it, and they need to protect their trademarks. They need to protect their IPs, and I get that. Uh, the thing that, that struck me, though, in reading the the, the email that, that he put out there, that he sent to someone at WWE, you know, it felt to me a little used car salesman-ish. <laughs> you know, it almost looked like he was trying to go ahead and sell this thing. Uh, and he was trying to figure it, it. It looked like to me, he was trying to make a quick buck. And again, that's just my read on it. It felt like with that email, he's going, Hey, I'm reading on the dirt sheets that you're interested. If you are, let's talk and make a deal. Uh, you know, it just felt to me like he's going out of his way to try to make, you know, a quick 25,000, whatever, whatever he thinks he could make. Uh, it, it came off to me like he was just trying to make a quick buck and say, hey, yeah, I own this, but hey, for the right price, I'll sell it to you, as opposed to just sitting back and, and waiting for you know, a WWE lawyer to contact him if they really were interested. So that part of it, I think, came across as a little sleazy. And at the same time, I, I agree with you that he's handling it this way in the court of public opinion is not going to, to do him any favors. I think the people that were criticizing him and Impact 
before he released those documents are now just going to continue to criticize him for releasing those documents. Uh, but at the same time, you know what? I, I don't think the Hardy side has been as professional as it could be in handling the situation either. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed. The Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Yeah, I, I completely agree on that. Like you said, Revy, uh, her tweet started out as really entertaining. I, I thought just like, wow, I can't believe she's just going after him. And now it's like, uh, okay, just 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 drop it. <laughs> like, like somebody here, I'm sure both sides, I'm sure, have some sort of point. And Impact probably probably has more of a point. But at some point, you just want them to be like, all, all right, just. Uh, uh, like nobody's looking good coming out of this. Uh, you know, Matt has to jump in and, and say some things and it's like, just move on. Like you're in WWE, you're getting paid more. You're being watched by millions of more people. Yes. You don't have your gimmick, but you can do something else. You can probably do something similar. Uh, it just seems like everyone should just move on. Yeah. You know, and I sort of, I think you were talking about something Eric Bischoff said on it earlier today. I listened to his podcast actually when I was eating my lunch earlier today, and he brought up another good point, I think, where uh, talking about the Hardy side of things, and I think specifically Rebby, and he was like, you know what, you can only threaten to sue someone so many times before they're just not going to take you seriously. So either go ahead and file a lawsuit or stop threatening to file lawsuits. Uh, and you know what, yeah, they might be in the process of things, but this has been going on for two months. Lawsuits yeah. happen all the time. Um, you know, you don't, it doesn't take two months to get, to get a lawsuit filed. It just doesn't. So if they wanted to file a lawsuit, they certainly could have done so by now. One of the things I found interesting too was, uh, the thing they, that she keeps throwing out there is, uh, senior Benjamin, who I believe is her father could be wrong, but I believe the, the character senior Benjamin is actually Rebby Hardy's father. Uh, yeah, one of the is. things that they've brought up. A co- yeah. Okay. One of the things they brought up a couple of times is, is, he never signed a release, and he never okayed, you know, his use on television. Uh, like that's a threat. But I just find it interesting because at the same time, they're claiming that they own the universe because they're the ones that shot it. And they came up with the idea, so it, it sort of seems counterintuitive to me. I mean, if he didn't sign a release, well, you're the one that recorded them. If you're claiming ownership of this product and these these videos and this this IP. You're the one that put them on TV, so shouldn't have. If you're the owner of the, of the IP, shouldn't you have had him sign a release rather rather than Impact? You just, I, I got a little chuckle out of that because it's almost like they're going out of their way to say that they own it, but at the same time, uh, also mentioning that they ne- they never got a release for him to appear on television. Yeah, that's a great point, and it, it's not like he showed up once and wasn't paid for it, like. He was on uh, multiple times over the course of months. Why did they not at any oh, point sure. say, hey, why are you not paying him? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, you know, I, I think the one of the big answers to that is probably that the Hardys were shooting most of this themselves. And I, I don't know if they were shooting it themselves. I'm sure, you know, from the production value standpoint, I'm going to guess that there were there was impact people involved, whether it was camera equipment, producers, and, and whatever. 
Uh, I think Jeremy Borash was actually involved in some of the shooting of some of uh, the, uh, the final deletion, obviously, and, and other matches. And so, you know what? It, it seems like, from a contractual standpoint, I don't know the Hardys have a real play here. Um, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe this will end up in court. Who knows? But my my gut reaction is that they they want to say and 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 keep challenging this but i don't think it's going to happen for them another thing that actually broke during the show during impact tonight uh pwinsider.com uh was reporting that matt hardy filed for trademarks of the name broken matt hardy back in march and that that was denied by the u.s trademarks office and uh, some of the some of the explanation that they included there i didn't really understand but um, I think it is noteworthy, you know, especially uh, with this conversation that the the, the uh, application for trademarking that name, according to PWInsider.com, was denied. So again, that may also lend some some credence to the belief that they really don't have much of a case here. That, no, that's interesting. I, I hadn't seen that. I I also just uh, wondered. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're not asking millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars for this gimmick. Uh, Matt and Jeff have made, I'm sure, millions over the course of their career. Like, I know it's a source of pride, but had they just been like, here, we'll give you $25,000 ourselves, and then we'll lease the name to WWE like Samoa Joe does. I mean, they probably would have been better off. They could have still been pissed off at Impact, but it would have been over uh, months ago. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of... You know, that that was one of the things that I that I thought about too. You know, why not just go after this yourself? And and I think that's that was somebody another report that I read this week too, that WWE is, is claiming they're not interested because they don't want to get involved. But if you know, it's one of those things where if Matt Hardy were to come into ownership of this thing, maybe it's something they could license and use. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's just the the impact side and then Nordholm doesn't want to deal with the Hardys directly. Uh, you know, maybe they, they well, not maybe, I think there's certainly bad blood there at this point. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe he just isn't, maybe he's just not willing to release it to Matt Hardy. Maybe he'd be willing to, to release it to WWE, but, but not the Hardys out of spite. I mean, who knows? It just, it seemed very odd. I mean, that, that initial email he sent, you know, it seemed like he was trying to fish for a quick buck, which maybe he wasn't doing, I don't know, but it, it came across like he was trying to fish uh, to try to get some money out of the thing that they're claiming ownership to. Um, and it's still going to play out. I mean, who knows where this is going to lead. I think there's still a couple of chapters of this that are going to be told. Uh, but right now, I-, I would say it doesn't look good from the Hardy standpoint. Uh, completely agreed. All right, well, let's go to our first break, and then we can come back and start to run down the show uh, and we'll get to your phone calls, too, at 515-605-9345. In fact, when we get back to the break, let's go to the phones. We'll go to the phones at 515-605-9345, and then Andrew and I will get to running down the show uh, in a little bit. Uh, so we're going to take a quick time out, but before we do, we're going to go to our first trivia question of the night. Uh, Andrew brings us our trivia questions every week, and the first one this week, which former WCW Cruiserweight champion played the governor? in TNA. We'll have the answer to that question and your phone calls right after the break. You're listening to the PW Torch Livecast. PW Torch is now on YouTube. Check out our relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated YouTube channel after many years sitting dormant 
collecting dust. And now it's back, shinier, brighter. It smells better. It's our PW Torch YouTube channel. And you can check out daily news updates, the weekly fireside chat with Tyler Sage and Zach Hadorn, and my Keller commentaries. The first Keller commentary was my rebooking of WrestleMania 38's lineup. I used all the same wrestlers, but none of the same matches. And I tried to make a better two-night event. Decide for yourself. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash PWTorch. And be sure to hit subscribe and like our videos. All right, back here on the PW Torch Livecast. It's 515-605-9345. We're going to go to the phones. Andrew and I will run down this week's episode of Impact in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but first, let's go to area code 985-985. You're up first on the PW Torch Livecast. Impact Post Show. Uh, please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, guys. It's Cody from Thibodeau, Louisiana. Hey, Cody. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. Pretty good. I wanted to touch on something that y'all mentioned, uh, like for about how you guys had said that it would have been best, uh, maybe it would have been best if they left, if the impact had just left the issue alone with the uh, broken universe trademark. Um, and I, and I tend to agree with you guys. And I think that in the long run, it actually makes TNA look worse, even if, you know, even if they're right that they do own the property because, uh, well, because, you know, Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy and the Hardys, well, it's the Hardys. They've already developed a big name for themselves. And you talked about the court of public opinion. Well, more people watch WWE programming than they do impact programming. So I'm not sure that they're really aware of the whole situation that's going on. So if they look at it, just uh, look at it on paper, they would say, oh, why not just, you know, like you said, why not just give, just give it to the Hardys just because. But in in reality, it hurts impact more because, you know, here they are, like they just got rid of the, the TNA name. They're under the Anthem ownership and they're running their show. They got all their, uh, they got, they're trying to build all these new stars from, uh, that just came into their company plus the global, excuse me, the global four stars. And, it just seems as though, you know, if they if they had left it alone, you know, and it, you know, of course, it might turn out that they did own the property. Then what's done is done. But now that they've gotten themselves involved, it may just be it may just be like another black mark on something that they're trying to get a fresh start on. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, you know what? I, I think the biggest thing is just the way they've done it publicly. I I don't really have an issue with them contesting it if they think they own it because I, I think it's a slippery slope right they don't want to all of a sudden let all of their intellectual properties start walking free and going to other companies uh and set that precedent of oh well you, well, you let the hardys do it so i understand if they think they have ownership of it and i have no issue with that uh but i think where i think you're right in the, in the sense that it really doing it the way they're doing it is not buying them any goodwill at all and, and i'm sure ed nordholm's his reasoning for releasing the information was, well, this is going to show all those people that are telling us, uh, you know, how, how, how ridiculous we're being. This is going to prove to those people that we're right. And you know what? I guess legally, maybe it did, 
but uh, they're running the risk of the people that are criticizing them for fighting it the way they are, in my opinion, are just going to continue to criticize them for handling it the way they're handling it. So I don't think that he bought himself any goodwill with this move. Uh, you know, I think it's just going to open it up, open up uh, another point of criticism for the people that aren't on his side. You know, I don't think that he drew anybody towards his side of the argument by doing what he did this week. Um, if anything, I think he just gave more fuel to the people who are against him in the argument. I guess I would say to me, it's more of a more of a PR thing and a, and a real misstep in that regard um, because I don't really have an issue with them you know, trying to solidify ownership of something that they think they own. If that's the contract, that's the contract. Um, Andrew, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, is, is it, is it a more, is it a bigger mistake from a business standpoint, you think, or, or a bigger mistake from a, a PR standpoint doing the things that they did this week? Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I think it is going to have an effect on, on both. I think they probably should have just right when it happened, laid out, you know, sent out a, a message to the media, kind of like how Todd Martin did, you know, when he when he kind of went through it and said, just say basically like, hey, we have these characters. WWE has their characters. Uh, you know, Harrison Ford can't just go out and make an Indiana Jones movie. Steven Spielberg can't just do that. Like, the studios own that. This is the same sort of deal. Uh, Matt signed that contract and, and just leave it at that and then, you know, never respond to Matt's uh, you know, provocations again. Um, it just, you know, going back and forth for months, uh, it makes them, it just makes them both look bad. Um, you know, people, he might be right, but the way he goes about it seems very like, uh, like he's talking down to people. Like, uh, it just, it's kind of like condescending how he just sends that all out there to people, uh, to look at all these contracts. Uh, it's going to hurt the trust for future talent. I think Jim Ross kind of pointed that out. It's just, yeah, like, like we've, Kind of talking about it. It was just a really bad way of going about it. You know, that's a good point about what other talent might think of this move too. Um, because I, 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 again, I don't think it's a question of whether or not he's legally correct. I, I he probably is. You know, knowing the wording of it and seeing things, you know, he, he's probably right that he owns it. I don't. I'm not disputing that. Um, you know, the example that I used this week was, you know, you look at at a movie like. Um, you know, there's plenty of comedies where you, you, these big blockbuster comedies, where you'll watch, you know, the DV, the uh, directors or the commentary tracks on the DVD, and the actors are talking about how so much of it they ad lib. You know, you get some of these movies where it's, you know, all comedians on set, uh, and, and there's a lot of ad libbing. In fact, I think it was the, the movie The Rock was in with Kevin Hart, uh, Central Intelligence, that came out, I think, last summer. I remember he was watching an interview with both those guys at one point where they were saying, you know, they were complete scenes where they went completely off script and were making up their own lines. And that's what ended up getting put on the screen. Well, that doesn't mean that Kevin Hart or, or, you know, Dwayne Johnson own those characters that they played in that movie. It just, it doesn't. So I think practically from a business standpoint, he probably is right, but there's things you have to consider when you start releasing portions of somebody's contract. And uh, that's a good point on, on what other talent may think of this. What's the trust factor? Um, you know, not to mention that, yeah, they've turned over a lot of their roster, but a lot of those guys were in the locker room with the Hardys, who, from what I understand, were, were very well respected. You know? So what does that do to some of the guys that are still in your locker room that 
are still friendly with these guys. It just, I think it was a turnoff in, in a lot of ways and, and just not, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. I think the right way for them would have been to just ignore the noise, you know, let the, let Rebby Hardy do whatever she wants on Twitter uh, and just don't say anything. You know, I think he had good, I think Ed Nordholm had good intentions here, but uh, the way it played out, I don't think it looked good for him. I don't think it looked good for his company. I don't think it looked good for anybody. Um, Cody, anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you and Andrew are saying, especially about the talent. Because, uh, like, I mean, if I was working there, or if I even if I wanted, even if I was interested in working there, I'd, I'd suddenly be asking myself, well, if I rub the president the wrong way, like, or is parts of my contract going to be released? You know, I, it's just more, I think in this case, discretion would be the better part of valor in that. Um, and uh, I, I know you guys haven't run down the show yet, but is it okay if I ask a question about the show? Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to ask a quick question about the whole the whole uh, number one contender ship match for the uh, for the title at anniversary. Um, like, I, I, I'm wondering if that was if that was even necessary at all because I feel like you know as big of a show as anniversary, I feel like they would that would be an opportunity for them to unify as many of the impact and global force titles as they can. Like, I would have to expect them to have a unification match between uh, Alberto El Patron and Lashley for the, you know, to unify the title. Um, well, what do you guys think? I, I think they could still go there. You, you know, I think that the, I think it'll end up being a triple threat match. You know, if I were to have to, to put a guess on it, I think it'll, it'll end up being Lashley versus El Patron versus EC3 in a triple threat. Um, or, you know, they say, you remember, the other thing to remember is EC3 beat up Bruce Pritchard last week. Bruce Pritchard said there was going to be a review of, you know, the incident and what might happen and, and it'd be repercussions. Maybe the angle is that EC3 gets pulled out of this match. It is, El, it ends up being one-on-one El Patron and Lashley and then EC3, uh, you know, does something else at anniversary. Who knows? But, uh, I still think they'll end up unifying the titles there in some way, shape, or form. Andrew, do you agree that it, that it, you think they'll end up unifying things there and sort of putting the merger storyline to rest at, at Slammiversary? Do you think it could it could move on after that? I'm assuming that's where they're headed. Um, uh, it seems like the logical thing to do, though it never seemed that logical to bring in all those titles in the first place. Um, yeah, I mean, why, I'm, I watched the show uh, tonight, and, and just I'm sure they said multiple times, but I was still like confused, like how this all fits together with, with the Global Force title, uh, number one contender, and, and I think they just they still have a few weeks to clear this up, but they they shouldn't be doing that. Uh, they should have things set up nicely for the you know their second biggest uh, pay per view of the, the year. Yeah, they're merging things for the sake of merging things. Uh, you know, that's my biggest issue with it is the, you don't have to merge anything, <laughs> you know, just, just impact is what it is. And, and I, I just feel like this is Jeff Jarrett needs justification for the time and money he's put in the global force for the last two years. And, you know, by God, he's going to get it on TV in one, one way, shape <laughs> or form. Uh, but yeah, you know, it just, it, to me, I'd rather than get this out of the way quickly. And, and I still think that they will. Uh, it's just a matter of, of how they get there because they still have what five 
think, five episodes of Impact to go, including four that haven't been taped yet uh, between now and Slammiversary. So still, there's still plenty of time for that to play out, I think. Hmm. Anything else on your mind tonight, Cody? Uh, just one quick comment, and I'll let you guys go. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the... Uh, Open of something in the in the opening segment with Bruce Prichard having a personal bodyguard. To me, it comes across as you know being very weak, and I'm already not much of a fan of of having him on TV on a regular basis. But other than that, Big Papa Pump still my hookup. So uh, <laughs> thank you guys, thank you guys, thank you guys for, uh, for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right, so Cody drops off. That'll make some room for you here. It's 515-605-9345. we got a couple of other callers on hold. We'll get to you in just a second. got to take our second commercial break. Uh, and, oh, you know what? I never asked for the answer to our first question. Now that that reminds me. Uh, Andrew, who is which former WCW Cruiserweight? Let's, let's get to the answer to question number one, and then I can give you question number two. Uh, which former WCW Cruiserweight champion played the governor in TNA? Uh, that was Daphne. Uh, she, I believe she co-held the cruiserweight title, uh, with Crowbar, uh, Devin Storm kind of during that last year or so of the company. Uh, this must've been, I'm guessing 2007, 2008 when Sarah Palin was, uh, John McCain's running mate. So TNA made a character based off of Sarah Palin, uh, and Daphne played her for a bit. I'm surprised that we have not seen anyone come up you know, with a Donald Trump character yet. You would think that somebody would have a heel authority figure based on Donald Trump at this point. WWE won't do it for obvious reasons. Right. Uh, Vince's wife is, is in his cabinet, but I, I would have figured at some point that that seems like a TNA thing. Uh, well, maybe maybe a, an old <laughs> TNA thing, you know, where they almost get like an impersonator or something to, to come in and and, <laughs> and be that type of... He, Donald Trump as a heel authority figure would be something. I'm not much for authority figures, but um, <laughs> if, I think if, if uh, I think if I think if they did it in TNA though, he would be a babyface because uh, uh, Dutch Mantel uh, is very conservative, true, and yeah. he uh, <laughs> says that yeah, he says Donald Trump got his idea for running for president from him. He claims so uh, he would probably be the <laughs> ultimate babyface in the promotion. Boy, well, at least some of them will have direction. There's other guys on that show right now that I don't know if they're heels or baby faces. Uh, but you know what? Hey, right now Impact has like seven authority figures, so what's one more, right? Uh, all right, well, let's go to our second break. I mean, they, seriously, we've talked about this. They've got a million. Yeah. There's a million people in charge. Uh, let's go to our second break, and uh, we'll go to our second trivia question, and then we'll come back with some more calls, and then Andrew and I will get to running down the show on what happened on this week's episode of Impact. Our second trivia question, who won Awesome Kong's $25,000 challenge? Well, the answer to that, more of your phone calls, and then Andrew and I are going to run down this week's episode of Impact. You're listening to the PW George Livecast Impact Post Show. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. 515-605-9345 is the phone number here in the PW Torch Livecast. Andrew, who was the winner of Awesome Kong's $25,000 challenge. 
so even though I came up with this question, I, I had it wrong in my mind. I thought it was Karen Terrell, but it was actually Taylor Wilde. Uh, she was, uh, they were kind of doing like that master lock challenge thing. Somebody from the crowd would come face Kong. Eventually she, uh, you know, made it for $25,000 and they were trying to make Taylor Wilde their version of like Trish Stratus. And she got this huge push, uh, and she ended up retiring at 25, according to Wikipedia. And, uh, it's, she's been a firefighter wow. for the past few years. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They, they were doing a really good job, obviously of, of building up awesome Kong you know, back around 2006. Yeah. When, was, when, when she first debuted, it had to have been like 2005, yeah. 2006. Uh, they, they, they've haven't, you know, I would, I would say on both the male side and the female side, they haven't built a character that well in time. Uh, I'm trying to think of, mm-hmm. of maybe anybody that they, you know, from scratch, from scratch. Uh, that they've been able to build up the way that they did they did her. I mean, they did such a great job of building her up as this just unbeatable monster, uh, and it worked. I mean, they they had uh, you know knockouts matches that were main eventing Impact, if I remember correctly. I think her and Gail Kim uh, main evented an Impact, and this was like two thousand, probably two thousand seven, when that would have been unheard of in WWE. They were still doing you know uh, Playboy Bunny pillow fights or whatever it was while you know on Impact. L. King and Awesome Kong are main eventing the show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kong's first year, or maybe maybe it was only first six months, but that was about the best they've ever pushed a character in my mind. Like along with say Samoa Joe's first six months, you know, I think it's comparable. Um, but yeah, she was a uh, they, they were killing it back at that time. It's a shame it uh, kind of went away for quite a few years. All right, well, let's get back to the phone calls, and then uh, then Andrew and I will get to running down this week's show. Uh, up next is Kylan in New Jersey. Kylan, how are you tonight? I'm very well, Mike. How are you and Andrew doing this week? Pretty good. Uh, I, you know what? I was doing pretty good. I I just flipped on the Celtics. I'm I'm a, I'm a Boston guy, and my <laughs> Celtics are getting destroyed right now. I, I oh, expected no. them to lose to the Cavs, but they're down. Geez, they're down 39 in the fourth quarter. Anyway, Kyle. Uh, my God. <laughs> what, what can you do? What can you do? It, it's their, their season's going to come to an end, but I can't complain too much. What do you got first tonight, Kylan? First off, I, I would I would like to issue a verbal note to Ed Nordholm, Jeff Jarrett, and Dutch Mantell. If you're going to have three authority figures on your television program, guys, at least let your audience know what their official roles are so you can at least make sense of having them on your show. <laughs> I uh, I would not disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, good point. I mean, what what exactly is Bruce Pritchard's role? Is he executive director of talent? Is he executive vice president of the company give us something 
believe that he's an authority figure because he was brother love for 23 years. You know, I think what they're trying to do, I think they're trying to have it come across as a committee, uh, you know, with obviously Dutch and Bruce Pritchard and Karen Jarrett, and maybe a couple of other people. But like you said, Colin, say that. Say that, okay, we, we have a, uh, whatever you want to call it, executive committee, and these are the members of it, and they're, they're all sort of in charge. Like I said, instead, it's just you've got all these people that are all making decisions, and no one knows who's in charge. Who can overrule someone else? You, you don't know. That, that's, that's something that, that I agree with you. It needs to be addressed. Okay. Uh, on, to, on to my question. Now, first one. I don't know if you noticed this tonight, but what was up with all the strange bleeping of words that wouldn't normally be bleeped on any regular television show? Yeah, that's a good point. I noticed that too. That was during, especially during the uh, Jeremy Borash and Josh Matthews segment. Uh, I think they, they were bleeping several words that they had not bleeped in the past, uh, if I am interpreting what they said correctly. I don't know if they were just trying to you know, add drama to the segment or if this is something from Pop where maybe they looked at it afterwards and said, hey, uh, you know, we want to cut down on some of the language. I don't know. But, yeah, no, that definitely seemed a little odd to me. Andrew, did you pick up on that during that segment? Where, I mean, they, they bleeped a few things there that – I, all things that, from if I remember correctly, have been said on the show in the past. Yeah, that that was strange. I thought that was, uh, you know, we, we've talked a few times how one of the draws of impact for people who might be interested is that it's a little more mature uh, than WWE. But but bleeping out those words made it seem pretty tame. So uh, I hope that's not a weekly thing that they're going to do. Yeah, I don't know. My guess is... It, they were just trying to add some some drama to the segment, maybe. But yeah, you know, Kyle and I, I agree with you. I thought that was a little strange. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s, and also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes from right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. Yeah, I, uh, I certainly did. Um, my second question is in regards to the Davy Richards 
and Eddie Edwards program, although this has probably been Impact's best program th throughout the year, I think everybody can universally agree with that. How long do you two see this program continuing? Do you see them going for the crescendo at Slammiversary, or do you think Jared and Mantell want to stretch this thing all the way out to Bound for Glory? Andrew, how long do you think they you, they go with this? I mean, it certainly seems like they're going to do something at Slammiversary. Do you think they try to wrap it up there, or do they try to go longer with it? I would like to see them go longer with this, actually. Um, yeah, well, watching the show, uh, that, that kind of struck me. I'm like, man, this has been going on since, I want to say, January, if not, like, November. Um, so somewhere in the four- to six-month range. But uh, I, unlike most feuds uh, that go that long, I, I'm not sick of it. And I think a big part of that is because they don't show up uh, on TV every week and they're not badly overexposed. So if they're able to get uh, uh, almost a full year out of this, I think that would be pretty cool uh, in this era. Uh, and especially if Davey Richards is serious about retiring this year, which I don't know if he actually is. Uh, he, he's mentioned he's threatened that before. But if this is his swan song, then, yeah, I think that would be very cool to have one final showdown at uh, Bump's Glory. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think they're I think they're going to go beyond Slammiversary with it, uh, and the reason is everything throughout this whole feud has been Davy Richards getting heat on Eddie Edwards. Uh, even though tonight, I know Alicia got the win tonight over Angelina Love with a, a, a quick roll up. Still, you know, the story of that segment was Davy Richards uh, handcuffing Eddie Edwards to the rope after the match and making him watch his wife get powerbombed through a table. I mean, it has been just one thing after another of Davey Richards getting heat on Eddie Edwards and beating up Eddie Edwards and dropping his leg on a railing. and It's just been heat, 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 heat. So I don't think that even if they go to Slammiversary and Eddie Edwards were to get a win, I don't think you can – I don't think they're going to go with, okay, well, the feud's over now. Eddie Edwards got, got the win, and, and that's it. We're going to move on to other things. After such a – personal feud and putting so much heat on Davey Richards throughout this whole thing. I almost think they have to drag it out a little bit longer. Uh, I don't know if they'll get it all the way to Bound for Glory. Maybe they will. But, you know, I, I definitely feel like they need to go further than Slammiversary. And I also agree with you that if this is Davey Richards' last year in wrestling, if he's done in December, uh, as I know he's, he's hinted at, I would like to see them get together as a tag team again before the end of the year uh, and maybe, you know, have a series with LAX for, for the tag titles or, or something like that. I think you could do that pretty easily because you know what? It seems clear to me that the story they're telling is, uh, you know, Davey Richards is, is being controlled by his wife. You know, Angelina love is the one that is the mastermind here and she's got some sort of spell on Davey Richards. So I think the story is at some point, you know, Eddie Edwards makes him realize that, he breaks away from Angelina Love. They be, they can become a tag team again, and even if it's just for a month or two, at the end of the year, uh, I, I think it would be it would be cool to see them come back together. 
before this whole thing is said and done. But uh, to answer your question, Kyle, yeah, I, I think they're going to. I think they have to go longer than Slam anniversary. It's just a matter of how much longer. Yeah, I'm kind of on Andrew's side, but I'm also wondering, as Andrew, gee, they've done a lot here. How much more can they actually do? But it's going to be exciting to see what other matches they can come up with if they do actually decide to go beyond Flammabrook. My final question for this week is in regards to the tag team division. Uh, Assuming that LAX do not lose their tag team titles at Slammiversary to the newly formed Veterans of War, what other tag teams do, do you see LAX being programmed with assuming that they don't go back to Garza Jr. and the Laredo Kid, can you can you think of any tag teams that are not currently signed to Impact that you would want to see, or what what do you think? Um, you know what? Given their match last week, I think they could go back to Laredo Kid and Garza Jr. Uh, I don't know if they will, but you know, I, I really enjoyed their match last week. The big question mark there, whether they go to the outside and, and bring a team in or if they stay in-house, I think is how quickly or how long it takes Reno Scum to get healthy. I forget which one, uh, but there's a member of that team that was hurt recently and I think had some surgery and is, is out for a few months, if I remember correctly. So, Adam, uh, I don't, Adam Thorne's though is the one that's... That's right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe he's ready to come back, you know, when, when Slam Reversary is over. I don't recall how long he was going to be out for. I want to say it was three to four months and he was hurt maybe a month ago. So maybe it lines up that, that they go into something with Reno Scum later because they were really building Reno Scum there for a while, and I think they could. But um, I think they could do more with that. But if, if they're not ready and they don't have somebody else from the outside that they're ready to bring in, I think they could pretty easily go back to Garza Jr. and Laredo Kid, and, and you know that they're going to give you a pretty good match. Uh, Andrew, do you, do you have any other opinions on where they might go from a, a tag team? From a tag team standpoint, assuming that LAX... Yeah, that was kind of my thought, too, uh, of going back to Laredo Kid and Garza Jr. I mean, if they did uh, scour the indie scene a bit, um, maybe like Red Dragon, although I I think Kylo O'Reilly is probably more NXT-bound, but I think Bobby Fish is just kind of working on a per-date basis. Uh, Otherwise, you know, like if the Motor City Machine Gun became available in the future. But this kind of also ties back into... Uh, impact like damaging their trust with future talent. Like if you were had the opportunity to maybe stay in ROH or go to Impact and 
they might release your contract, you know, to the public if things go wrong. I, I imagine it's probably going to be a little harder to bring people in, but uh, those were kind of two of the teams that uh, stood out to me if they were available, which I, I don't know for sure if they are. All right, Kyle Emanuel. Hey, we appreciate the phone call. That, thanks, Mike and Andrew. Uh, we shall talk again next week. Sounds good. Sounds good. Have have a good night. All right. Uh, so we're going to take another commercial break, and then Andrew and I will come back and start running through the show here quickly and, and tell you what happened on this week's episode of Impact and give you our thoughts on each segment. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and then on the other side, we'll be back with more of that. You're listening to the PW Torch Livecast Impact Post Show. With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Here on the PW Torch Livecast, Mike McMahon and Andrew Socek with you. We're here every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern time as soon as Impact goes off the air. We're going to run down this week's episode and go segment by segment. So if you missed the show, you can catch up here quickly as uh, Andrew and I give you our thoughts on, on each of these segments. They open the show uh, with a promo segment. First time in a while they've done this. They've been open the show with matches the last several weeks, but they open the show here with a promo segment that sets up the main event. Uh, I didn't really think, Andrew, that this opening segment accomplished much, much and I wrote that in, the, in my impact report on PWTorch.com. I mean, other than making the match DQ – there wasn't really that happened, you know, in these first 12 or 13 minutes, Bobby Lashley, uh, Bruce Pritchard came out. Uh, he brought out Bobby Lashley. Then, you know, EC3, Magnus and James Storm all came on, basically said they were going to, they were all going to be number one contender. And they, they made their case for why. Uh, and then Bruce Pritchard, you know, made the no DQ stipulation and said, if any of them touched each other uh, before the opening bell, they would be suspended. But you know, I thought this easily could have been accomplished just by having Jeremy Borash on commentary as he welcomed us to the show, saying, Impact officials this week made it a no-DQ match. There. You know, it's done in five seconds. You're going to save 13 minutes. But uh, that was me. You know, that's just me. I, I didn't think that this, this segment really stacked up with how they've been opening the show lately with some pretty good matches. Yeah, I, I didn't like this. Um, I think uh, on the hits and misses uh, that I've been doing on the, on the torch, I think at least four weeks in a row, maybe even more, I've given the opening segment a hit. This was uh, this was pretty weak. Uh, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, Bruce Pritchard got attacked last week. He knows he was attacked. Uh, just you say EC3, you're out. Sorry, you attacked me. You're, you know, get out of here. 
Um, but also having yeah. him show up with Pirates was another added just unnecessary wrinkle. Unless he's turning heel, but why is he turning heel? Because the whole reason they brought him in is because hundreds of thousands of people listen to his podcast. Uh, so I, I have no idea what they're going for with that alliance or really what they were doing in general. Yeah, it seemed really weird to me, and, and I agree with you. You know what? Bruce Pritchard is an authority figure. He was beat up by EC3. There's no re- In reality, there needed to be some explanation for why Bruce Pritchard didn't pull EC3 from the match because mm-hmm. in any other form of professional sport, <laughs> that would have been, you know, not even a question. Uh, you know, some guy beats up his coach. He's not playing the next night. I can almost <laughs> guarantee you that. So there, to me, there needed to be some sort of explanation for why he was still allowed to be in the match, even if it was something as stupid as, uh, you know, I've talked to my attorney and, and whatever, but the contract was signed, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? You could come up with something. Um, from there, they went to uh, Congo Kong and KM, defeating Braxton Sutter and Mahabali Shira. Uh, this was a, an interesting match. I, I thought it played out the way it should have. Uh, Mahabali Shira was the one that got beat up most of the match. He was the one that took the loss for his team. Uh, the more noteworthy thing, though, I, I think came after when the Shira, Sutter, um, KM, and Congo Kong all brawled to the alley alone in the ring and Sienna and Laurel Van Ness jumped Allie and was attacking her in the ring. And then she was saved by Rosemary, whose music played, and she came down the ring. Uh, it came out of the ring and cleared the ring of, of Sienna, spit, her, uh, spit mist in her face, and then also uh, got, got Laurel Van Ness out of the ring and, and essentially turning babyface here by saving Allie. Uh, that was obviously the more newsworthy portion of this segment and I'm okay with it. You know, I, I, I don't know your thoughts here. What were your thoughts on, on the match and, and the Rosemary turn at the end of it? Uh, yeah, for the match, um, it, it was entertaining. Um, I, I've, I've been talking quite a bit about how much I like Congo Kong and uh, Laurel Van Ness together. You've mentioned before that you think they should probably break them up just because Congo has more potential as a single stars. And tonight I was really kind of seeing that. I'm like, he just shouldn't be involved in this sort of stuff. Like, you know, someday he should be in line for like a, a Bobby Lashley singles match or, or whoever is going to be the top face at the time. Um, for As for Rosemary's turn, I like that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I, I liked her as a heel a lot. I think she was doing really good. But uh, with Decay disbanding, there wasn't a lot of uh, left for her to do. Um, now, <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, she showed up in the Raptors. Uh, do you re- recall who she was like uh, uh, kind of stalking at the time? Was it KM in, in this group? Oh, that's a good point. I had forgotten about that, but yeah, I think it was. I think it was when Sienna's okay. whole, you know, Laura Van Ness, Congo Con Karen. I think it was. When, I believe you're right. It was when they were all in the ring together. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was another group or who it was for, but I, I, I guess I'm just glad that makes sense then. You know what? Yeah. It, it may, maybe I don't know. It may have been LAX, but it was definitely a group, though. There was one of the you know one of the big groups was in the ring. There's no question about that. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually excited about this turn. You know, I don't think it's, her character is one that you really can't go completely away from. You know, you can't have her suddenly go to being a completely different character because 
Uh, it just seemed, would seem really weird to jump, you know, from something dark like that to something completely different. But with Decay being disbanded, I think it makes sense for her to to make a run as a babyface here. You know, she hasn't done that yet. Uh, with Decay gone, I think it it can make some sense to have at least give that a shot and see how it goes. I, I also think, you know, she, with the fact that she doesn't talk much and uh, her character still has that, you know, gothic sort of look to her. Uh, they could easily, if they find it's not working, they, they could easily flip her back heel pretty quickly. And I think people would accept it because uh, the the structure of her character really hasn't changed much at all, even though she did come out and save Allie in this match. Yeah, I think it was a good start. Uh, the crowd seemed to be into it. She, she seemed to get one of the bigger uh, chants or, or pops uh, of the night. So uh, I think it's encouraging. It's too bad that DK broke up the way it did, but she was going to need a change. So I think it's... Uh, uh, I think it could be a good thing for them. After that, they went to a tag team match. This was in the GFW Tag Team Tournament. Uh, the Veterans of War, uh, Mayweather and Wilcox, they beat Mario Bocara and Falaba in about six minutes. Uh, similar to the opening tag match, I thought that they were going out of their way to protect Falaba a little bit here. You know, Bacara was the one that was taking most of the beatings. Uh, he was the one that I believe took the loss as well. Uh, so, and they were just talking about Falaba, how how big he was and how athletic he was for a guy that size. They were at one point comparing him to Yokozuna uh, on commentary. I thought they were going out of their way to to really protect him, even though they were giving his team the loss. And uh, Bokara was the one that took the beating and, and ended up taking the loss here. So, uh, you know, it sets up the match that I think we knew they were going to. They've been sort of teasing the. Uh, Veterans of War LAX match for a couple of weeks. That's what, what they're going to go to. I think it's next week. Uh, but I thought they did a, a pretty good job here of, uh, in the end, you know, protecting a guy like Falaba, who, like Congo Kong, just has a different look to him. And who knows? Maybe maybe they could do something with him. Maybe they can't. Uh, but they were going out of their way, it felt like to me, to, to protect him a little bit in case they wanted to do something with him as a singles in the future. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast. App And of course, you can listen ad-free with a PW Torch VIP membership. Yeah, I wish they would have done that from the start, because I think his very first match, uh, Mahabali Sherrod, you know, gave him a spine buster or his low-down finisher type move. But, uh, yeah, I did catch on to that, too, how they were kept putting him over. Um, as for the match itself, uh, VOW just isn't clicking for me at this moment. They just feel – it feels like Corporal Kirshner 
uh, Sergeant Slaughter from the 1980s. It's like, I, I mean, I respect the heck out of anyone that's in the army, but just to have that be your entire gimmick, I, I don't, it just kind of feels like pandering or it just, it just doesn't quite click. It's like the big boss man was a prison guard. So he has to show up in, in prison, uh, you know, as a cop. Uh, it, it just feels dated to me. I don't know. What do you, what do you kind of think about that? Yeah, I'd agree with you. You know, it does feel a little like it's pandering a little bit. Um, you know, I thought that the video they aired before they debuted the team, when it was just sort of Crimson mm-hmm. explaining his background, uh, I thought that was really, really good. And it's how yeah. you should sort of build characters in this era or this day and age, whatever you want to call it. I, I almost feel like they needed to do more of that, you know, to build up the character before they really are the characters uh, before they, they threw them on television. That type of that type of presentation that they did with the video where they reintroduced, you know, Crimson as Mayweather. I also thought of it, you know, last week I was watching the the Finn Balor special WWE 24 on the network, and I remember saying to myself, like, what 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 are they wasting their time for with anything else? Like that, uh, you know, it's just tell me your real story. You know, that's how you're going to get people invested in guys. And I think that you could do story, you could do videos like that and stories like that with these guys, with Wilcox and Mayweather. It almost seems like a, it's a little rushed to me where they, they did the one video, they kind of introduced them. I felt like there was more left to the table there. And then they immediately went into, well, they're a tag team and they're going to be in matches. And since they've been a team, since they've been in matches, they haven't really said much. So, I, I think that the audience is losing a little bit of investment there because it's just, you feel like you don't know who these guys are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that uh, Crimson uh, video was excellent. It did more for him than ever, than when he was Crimson. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. Touch, touch on his uh, military army background, but to have that be his entire character and come out with like the, the bullets uh, around his neck, it just doesn't. It, it just doesn't feel. It feels too forced, I guess. Uh, you know, talk it up during the match and put that over. But to have that be his entire act, and then the plants, you know, in the front row with the gigantic flag, it's just it's yeah, just too much. Yeah. yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, all right, after that, they went to the Josh Matthews, Jeremy Borash segment. Uh, this one I didn't think was terrible though. Um, you know, and. I'll sort of run down what happened here. Jeremy, uh, Josh Matthews comes to the ring. He invites Jeremy Borash into the ring. He goes into this heartfelt apology. Uh, goes to sh- uh, Jeremy Borash goes to shake his hand. Joseph Park comes out, tells Matthews' hand. Matthews goes on a tirade about how all the apologies were. Uh, he was, was lying. You know, he was trying to take the high road, blah, 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 blah. Challenges Joseph Park to a match right then and there. Joseph Park accepts and... Uh, this was after Josh Matthews said that his partner would reveal himself uh, at, at an opportune time. Uh, and the opportune time was right as the bell rang. And it was the, uh, the returning partner for Josh Matthews was Scott Steiner. I know we talked about that you know, a little bit earlier, but Scott Steiner returns. And they went really out of their way to put over Scott Steiner as just a maniac. And you know what? <laughs> I've never met Scott Steiner, but from the stories I've heard from people who have met him, and people who have worked with him, Scott Steiner is kind of a maniac. And uh, they, they went out of their way to, to get that part of his character over. Joseph Park and Jeremy Borash were, were literally running around the impact zone trying to avoid him. Um, and then the, the segment came to an end uh, with uh, Joseph Park in the Steiner recliner in the ring after Josh Matthews gave him a low blow. I, I didn't think that this segment was terrible, uh, in part because 
you know, it wasn't Josh Matthews and Jeremy Borash arguing on commentary. This, again, sort of like what we were talking about last week, this, to me, was like a little bit of a glimpse of what Josh Matthews might be able to be like as a, as a heel manager. And, and I, think it, I, I think that would work. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what, what were your impressions of this segment, both uh, the, the talking involved with it and, you know, what felt like them going really out of their way to make sure we knew Scott Steiner was a, was a crazy person? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to say it was the best, but it was the least terrible of the uh, Josh Matthews Borash segment so far. Uh, yeah, I was struck by those first few minutes uh, of Matthews just talking like an actual person, uh, you know, when he was apologizing. Of course, he knew he was, like, full of crap, but but that version of him, I, that's what I started thinking, too. Like, this could actually work with him as a manager, uh, with some wrestler. Uh, and then he kind of dropped that and then went into all out, uh, heel mode, you know, kind of, uh, just being too obnoxious and too self-centered just to the point where it's not realistic in any form. And, uh, yes, I, I mean, Scott Steiner has an aura about him that almost nobody in wrestling does except for like a Brock Lesnar. He just feels like a huge jerk (laughs) and someone you don't want to be around if you can help it. So, I mean, it, he's 54. <laughs> like you said, he looks, he still looks like he's in shape. I'm curious what he looks like without the leather jacket. But I guess when they shot this, he would have a, a couple months to at least look the part. Uh, I, I was a huge Steiner fan back when I was in high school. So, I mean, there's always a part of me that really enjoys that, seeing him. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people are going to find that just kind of ridiculous, having him come in. Yeah, you know, I'm interested in how they address this moving forward. I mean, they've got one more taping, I think, with the the set of tapings they ran here. So there's one more opportunity. Maybe maybe next week he cuts a promo or, or, you know, I'd like an explanation for why he's with Josh Matthews. But, yeah, I, you know what? Like you said, he's got something about him. There's something about that look. And we'll see what he looks like with the leather jacket off and, and everything else. But he still looked like the guy who was at the very least, he looked like the guy who was in, you know, TNA seven or eight years ago. Uh, You know, he looked like the main event mafia, Scott Steiner, which was still a guy that was in pretty phenomenal shape. So uh, he didn't look like a 54 year old man. You know, he didn't look like, um, you know, you think back to what, what Ric Flair looked like in his mid-50s in WWE. Like, no, he didn't look like that at all. He still looked a hell of a lot like Scott Steiner. Yeah, that, I mean, if nothing else, I am curious to see this match. I don't know if it's because it's like a freak show. Uh, I want, I, Of course, I want this to be over, but uh, I am morbidly curious how it will play out. All right, we're going to run down hour two of the show, which we will do in just a second. We've got to take a quick time out here. Uh, We'll be back in just a couple of seconds, and we'll run down hour two of this week's episode of Impact Wrestling. You are listening, though, to the PW Torch livecast Impact Post Show. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Also welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at thewadekeller. That's at PW Torch and at the Wade Keller. All right, getting into hour two. Actually, you know that that Josh Matthews Jeremy Borash segment 
did go a little bit an hour or two, but uh, about 9-10 or 9-15, they went into Eddie Edwards and Alicia Edwards against Davey Richards and Angelina Love, and Alicia Edwards ends up getting the win here for her team with a roll-up in about 12 minutes, but like we alluded to earlier, uh, after the match, it was Davey Richards and Angelina Love again getting a whole heck of a lot of heat on uh, Eddie Edwards, cuff him to the bottom rope and force him to watch uh, Angelina Love powerbomb Alicia Edwards through a table. The other thing that I thought was crazy about that, uh, that segment at the end after the match was, and I don't know if I, if I heard this right or not, but it sounded to me like Davey Richards, after he had handcuffed Eddie Edwards to the rope, but standing over him, grabbed him by the neck, choking him, yelling, why won't you die? Which I thought was like, I've, I don't remember seeing anything like that before. Uh, you know, it reminded me of, hey, you know what? You know, Daniel Bryan literally got fired for choking someone with his tie. And here's Davey Richards. Uh, of course, he, he went back. But here's Davey Richards choking someone with his bare hands, yelling, why won't you die? I, I'm pretty sure I heard that correctly. Uh, just, again, really, really heavy uh, with, with the heat on, on Davey Richards. What, what were your impressions of this match and, and the angle they, they ran post-match? Uh, I had that exact same thought. I'm like, if he's seen, why won't you die? <laughs> um, I think I really like that. I know I know. Wade will sometimes uh, tell stories about uh, uh, an interview with Scott Hall where you should never threaten to kill your opponent. Uh, because it's something you can't you can't do. Obviously, you can't kill your opponent. <laughs> so, but this, yeah. I don't know. It just it, it stood out to me. It just it was so. There, there's just like this rawness to this feud that just feels uh, almost more you know more realistic than anything uh, else we're pretty much seeing. So I, I enjoyed that aspect. The only uh, part of it I didn't enjoy is that Alicia Edwards uh, won via roll up. Uh, she should know better than that. <laughs> I mean, first, if it's a really personal feud, you don't go for a roll-up. I mean, you want to beat them down. And then second, she shouldn't have just, like, you know, turned her back to them. Uh, so that was kind of silly. But overall, uh, I would still give it a hit. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not a big fan of the roll-up finish either. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it was them just trying to get out of the match and, and run the angle more than anything else. Uh, after that, they aired they aired a Rockstar Spud video, uh, which – this has been my favorite one so far. He was supposed to be, he'd said last week he was going to show up at impact this week in the impact zone and address, you know, uh, swoggle. But he said he went to his doctor. His doctor said he wasn't ready yet. He needed one more week. And then he was about to say that he would get his revenge next week. And you could hear someone yelling off camera. Uh, and then rockstar spot started screaming, mom, mom, be quiet. K-Fabe, K-Fabe, mom, quiet. Uh, and that just, that got a big laugh out of me. I, I thought that was, I thought that was funny. I don't know. It sort of reminded me of, uh, what is it? I think it's wedding crashers, uh, the Will Ferrell character, you know, when he's screaming at his mom for meatloaf. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, <laughs> that's, that's what it reminded me of. But I thought, I thought that was clever. Um, and, and, and again, yeah, that, that got a laugh out of me. And I think, you know, I think they're going to play this up now. I, I, my, my guess is the running gag is going to be that Spud comes up with a different excuse every week for why he can't show up. But uh, I thought, I thought this was a was a pretty funny video. Uh, yeah, I got a laugh out of it as well. I, I also appreciate 
that they actually had him say why he didn't show up. Uh, you know, the past couple of weeks, Rusev was supposed to show up. Uh, Emelina was supposed to show up for months. Uh, so just the fact yeah. that they actually explained, took 10 seconds out of their show to say, I'm not here this week. So if anyone out there was wanting to see him uh, or wondering whether I was headed, they at least covered their bases on that. So a uh, small touch, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I agree with you. <laughs> like you've said, you know, they need to nothing drives me more crazy than no explanation. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like wrestling does that a lot where things will disappear and there'll be no explanation. And we're just expected to, to take it. Uh, <laughs> but no, they, they actually provided one here, which was good. And then after this, they went into the main event, which was of course, EC three becoming number one contender for the uh, impact world title against, um, uh, beating James Storm in Magnus. Uh, interesting finish to the match, too. James Storm hits the last call on uh, hits the last call on Magnus in the ring, and then EC3 jumps in with a knee and sort of tosses James Storm to the outside and ends up stealing the pin. So EC3, for now anyway, is the number one contender. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the main event, and, and where do you see them going with the title picture here? Do you, do you think it's straight-up Lashley, EC3? I... I can't imagine that's the match. I mean, you got two heels going against each other to headline a pay-per-view. Uh, I, I just can't imagine that's where they're going here. Do you think they make it a triple threat with El Patron? Do you think they somehow use that beating angle to get EC3 out of the match altogether? What, what were your thoughts on this this match, and where do you think they will ultimately end up going with that world title picture? Yeah, the, the match itself I thought was pretty good. Uh, not amazing or anything. They've had some better uh, main events lately, but I, I was uh, into it. Um, I thought there was a couple believable near falls where you actually thought Magnus was going to win or James Storm was going to win. Uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm not sure where they're going. I, I a couple months ago, I just assumed uh, it was going to be Patron, Bobby Lashley, and, and they would just uh, go for that. They keep changing things up. So I, w- I would guess EC3 is going to get uh, stripped of his opportunity or something by Bruce Richard, Bruce Richard, and then they'll just, eventually reinstate him uh, for a triple threat, uh, that would be my guess. Uh, I'd rather see a one-on-one, but that's kind of what I'm leaning towards at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm leaning towards something a little different. I do think they'll change it up. Uh, I don't think they're going to be Lashley, um, Lashley, EC3, one-on-one. I, I think with the the story with EC3 and, and James Storm, over the last couple of weeks where they never finished their, they had the, you know, obviously, you know, the, the whip angle a couple of weeks ago where EC3 just whips James Storm with his belt over and over again. They had their one-on-one match last week, but it gets interrupted by Magnus. They never finish it. Then here in this match, James Storm is about to become number one contender and EC3 screws him just like EC3 screwed him when he almost won the world title about a month ago. I think that they're somehow going to end up going with, an EC3 James Storm match, uh, whether it's just a simple one-on-one match, because they never really had that. They never had a finish to it anyway. Um, you know, whether they go for Slammiversary, I think they'll end up with some sort of EC3 James Storm match, whether it's no DQ or, or whatever it is, strap. I mean, maybe maybe it's a strap match, you know, given what the, the angle with the belt from earlier. Um, I could see them doing something like that, and then I, I don't know how they get there. You know, how do they get EC3 out of the title picture? Uh, maybe it's something as simple as, you know what, he's not in that match because of what happened and what he beat up Bruce Pritchard. But I, I could see them definitely. I, I just I feel like they're moving towards EC3 and James Storm in some type of match for Slammiversary, 
that would mean that they're probably going with El Patron and Lashley for the world title. But then, you know what? I, I sort of wonder, well, then what, what, do you, what are you going to do with Magnus? <laughs> you know, because you get Magnus uh-huh. in there too. You know, what, what, what happens there? Um, you know, what, what does he have to do with the pay-per-view? Maybe it's a triple threat. Maybe they figure out a way to work him into a triple threat, and it's El Patron, Magnus, and Lashley for the title, and then EC3 and Storm one-on-one. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards EC3 and James Storm being in a one-on-one match. I just don't know what happens then with Magnus. You know, maybe maybe it's El Patron. I would assume that they're unifying the titles. That's the other thing. So whoever is that GFW champion, I would think, is in that title match. Right now it's El Patron. I, I almost feel like they'd have to figure out a way to get Magnus in there, though, too, uh, because if not, he'd have nothing else to do unless the story – I mean, Magnus – the whole story with Magnus right now is that he's mad at Bruce Pritchard. He's saying that he – you know, uh, hurt his career and held him back. Maybe that's the story. Maybe the story is that it's El Patron Lashley, it's EC3 and James Storm, Magnus isn't on the card, and the story becomes, this is Bruce Pritchard again and holding me back. I wasn't on Flame Anniversary and I should have been. You know, and maybe that's something that they, they play with after the show. But, uh, yeah, it's still, I mean, and they've got some time, but like you said, nothing really is, is clear, I think, where they're definitely going with those guys right now. And it's, and it's sort of a log jam at the top. Yeah, I could I could almost see them just saying, uh, Magnus, it doesn't fit in anywhere. Let's just, I don't know, give him Tyrus you know, for the night uh, to, to play off that Bruce Pritchard thing. Uh, it's not a good fit, but otherwise he's going to, I don't know, referee a match or something. Uh, but yeah, right now it looks like he's kind of the odd man out. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Yeah, I mean, it's, as far as far as where else they go with Flame Anniversary right now, and I'm I'm talking, you know, throughout the show, throughout the card, I don't really know. <laughs> you know, someone asked me that mm-hmm. on Twitter earlier this t- earlier today. Like, here we are. You know, we're about a month away. You know, a little over a month away. What are the you know usually it's eight matches. What are the eight matches you think they booked for Slam Anniversary? And I wasn't sure. <laughs> really, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure on any of them. Uh, you've got a, you know, I think we've got a pretty good idea that Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, there'll be a match, you know, in some way, shape or form there. And you've got an idea of, of what some of the participants will be, but really like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about you. You know, is there anything that you feel comfortable being like, okay, this is a lock for slam anniversary. We're definitely going to see this. Oh man. Uh, no, I mean, the, the most sure thing that I can think of is, um, uh, VOW versus LAX, and then some six to twelve man X division match would <laughs> be my two guesses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it, at this point last year, I, I feel like we had a pretty good idea of where they were going. 
you know, you knew they were going to do something between the hard, the, the Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, you know, I believe what was the main event last year? Was it, was it EC3 and, and Lashley for the title? Ah, uh, that was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we had a pretty good idea that that's where they were going at this point with that too. You know, there was at least a couple of those matches at the top of the card where you felt like, yeah, we, we know where they're going. I don't know where they're going right now with a lot of these. And I, ultimately, you know, it's going to be interesting how it plays out, you know, from a visual standpoint too. But this television taping that I think is happening this week in India, in Mumbai, is going to obviously set the stage for Slammiversary. It's the last four episodes before they get to the pay-per-view. But there could be a lot, you know, a lot of newsworthy happenings on those shows. Um just set up this card, you know, because there's a lot left to to set up here. Yeah, it's odd that the only match that is actually announced uh, involved to the announcers. So that kind of shows where their priorities <laughs> yeah, are at yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and that's sort of been where they have been all year. Uh, you know, since January, I feel like this has been a story uh, between the announcers. So, But hopefully, I, I, I would say that it does look like we're going to get some conclusions to some things that I know that we haven't been, you know, big fans of that announcer storyline, I would think comes to a conclusion. It's anniversary. At least I hope uh, the GFW merger storyline, I would assume comes to conclusion at anniversary. So some of these things that, that you and I, uh, you know, on this show just haven't been fans of, I think are probably going to end. I don't think it's no guarantee, but it seems like they're setting it up that there's there's some things that could be coming to an end that I know we haven't really been too fond of here. Yeah, uh, I, I think if nothing else, the next uh, five, six weeks of TV should be interesting. I mean, they're going to India for the next uh, or for the next five shows after next week uh, and then flame reversary. So, I mean, if they do get rid of some of those uh, issues. Uh, they could, they should be in a better place, uh, you know, uh, headed into the summer. I'm really looking forward to these India shows too, uh, just to get the show mm-hmm. in a different building, in front of a different crowd. Uh, I think could do a lot. You know, there was there was a couple times tonight too where uh, I wasn't even looking for it, but like, man, it was obvious that they were pumping in crowd noise. You know, at certain parts. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, in, in particular, the opening promo segment, I think as EC3 was coming to the ring, you hear all these boos in the background, and then you look at the crowd behind them, and there's everyone's sitting on their hands. I mean, no one's, there's, <laughs> there's people in the crowd behind them. They're not even looking at the ring. You know, they're up daydreaming, looking around, yet you hear this, this big, loud boo, uh, you know, coming from the audio feed. So uh, at the very least, I, I hope that you get a little more of a lively crowd. I, w- I would think you would, too. Um, just based upon the fact that they've they've never been there, and and from what I understand, uh, they they get pretty good, you know, pretty good viewership on Sony Six out there in India. So hopefully, this is the start of something where they maybe they they start to take impact on the road a little bit more often. I'd love to see them go back to the UK at some point too. Yeah, for sure. And, and also, if nothing else, they need to give those impact regulars a break. Uh, I mean, if you go to like four tapings. Uh, in a row, you're going to be pretty burnt out by the end of that. So give them a few weeks off, come back, and they'll be more excited for the next set of tapings uh, in Florida. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we are out of time. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to add before we get out of here for this week? 
Uh, no, I'll just, uh, again, plug a uh, PW podcast, uh, quick. Uh, I got quite a few emails today. Uh, so by late tonight, we will have the new art of wrestling in something to wrestle with Bischoff, uh, on wrestling MLW flagship and X-Pac one, two, three sixty. So I'm putting up, uh, the contributors are sending a lot of content. Uh, I should have it up tonight. So check it out later tonight or early tomorrow. And, uh, we always got new stuff coming in, new quick quotes and, uh, just recaps of all the biggest. Uh, wrestling podcast out there. So check that out at pwpodcast.com. All right. Uh, Andrew, you still there? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I lost you for a minute there. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I am back. <laughs> Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, that was me. My, 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 no, it was me. My line went down for some reason. So, oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. And then I, I hung up after about 30 seconds and uh, just called back in. Yep, no, that was me. I don't know what happened. Uh, Google Voice decided it didn't <laughs> want to play nice there for a second. But uh, you know what? I guess good timing. If it's going to drop the line, it's going to drop the call. Doing it in the last three minutes of the show is, is the time to do yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, uh, we, we do got to get out of here, though. I'm going to play the VIP plugs, and then we'll be on our way. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here for this week? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. That should be good. Uh, looking forward to the next uh, couple weeks, I guess, especially when they go to India. Yep, me too, absolutely. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. So far in 2022, I am down about 10 pounds, and one of the things that's helped me stay on course, eating the proper portions, high-quality ingredients, and healthy meals, but conveniently, 
within my busy schedule has been Factor. We've been talking about Factor here for a few months, and I am a believer. Um, their, their meals are delicious. Every week, I look forward to picking out the, the meals that I'm going to have delivered. I, I've been sharing some of them with my mom, um, who has a, a little bit different uh, preferences than I do, and there's a wide enough selection to satisfy my family and her Factor makes it easy for me and my family to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves me time by delivering chef-crafted meals to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. There's no dishes to wash. This works perfectly. There's been a few times before Raw or SmackDown where I've been working all afternoon and I've got a real small window for dinner, and I'm so happy those Factor meals are in the fridge because I know in three minutes I'm sitting down and eating a restaurant delivery quality meal that feels like it was chef-crafted and chef-prepared. But you heat them up in two minutes, and you're sitting down and enjoying your meal within three minutes. It's faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. I'm big on eating whole food ingredients. I don't like processed food. I try to really limit uh, processed white flour and empty calories. And there's just not empty calories in these Factor meals, but they're full of flavor. A mix of vegetables, whole grains and a ton of protein and good carbs. I find myself not wanting to add salt or sauce or anything to these meals. I add a little pepper uh, to some of them, but others are, are just the right amount of spice. And with more than 29 meal options each week, you're never going to be bored. There's a rotation of meals. I have what I think are my favorites with Factor, and then the next week there'll be a new meal, and I'll try that, and it gets added to my list of meals that I think Factor's done a great job on. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein options, veggie sides, and more. And it's been keeping me fueled and focused all day long. I've been doing more exercising since the beginning of the year, and Factor gives me the energy to keep going. So head to go.factor75.com slash wade120 and use code wade120 to get $120 off, that's code WADE120. That's WADE120 at go.factor75.com slash WADE120. Again, that's go.factor75.com slash WADE120 for $120 off. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting, on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order 
from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. That's PWTorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast app and of course you can listen ad free with a PW Torch VIP membership. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Cast. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast apps to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling-related. 
Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Ernie Ladd? We got you. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch Newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022, you can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at PWTorch and follow me at The Wade Keller. That's at PWTorch and at The Wade Keller. A lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP-exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post-shows with live callers and my co-hosts and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer, and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post show. So as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with a VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post shows throughout the week. Go VIP pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Rates start at $9.99 a month or get a full year for just $99. You can also get the Wade Keller Hotline through our Patreon tier. That's just $6.99 a month. Details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorch VIP.